The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 40 of the MX Vice Show podcast, which comes to you just days away from the third round of MXGP. We'll break down the upcoming return to racing, what could happen, and all that in this show. Before we get to that, though, the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven. Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Damn, that list is growing. And reason being is because we have a new name in there this week. We are really excited to welcome Fly Racing aboard. Fly recently launched their 2021 line. Visit flyracing.com and see their all-new Formula helmet, which is making waves across the world. Now, if you guys haven't seen the Fly helmet, you need to check this out. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Great for me. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, Fly believes the Formula to be perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet is changing the game. Remember, flyracing.com is a place to go to see more from the guys there. We only align with the best, as always. Anything that you can do to support the companies that support us would be much appreciated. Again, as I always say, without these companies, we, we wouldn't be here doing this podcast show in, in, with MX Vice. It's, it's that simple. You can even buy yourself some wheels to support Talon Engineering, who are presenting sponsors of the first half of the MXY show, and the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets, period. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far in a factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Build Base Honda, and more put trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Wow! What an intro. Great to have Fly on board. Um, we've been working on that for a little while with Jason Thomas. Um, and it's awesome to get those guys on board and back in the show. I know Jason listens to uh, the show, so uh, a shout out to Jason there and the guys at Fly. Thank you for your support. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm James Burfield of Even Strokes and founder of MX Vice. Hopefully on the line is uh, MX Vice editor and Head honcho, Lewis Phillips. Hi. Yes. Hi. Yes, hi. He is here. And you also... Sleep there. Sorry, buddy. And also in studio with me, obviously social distancing, no kissing and cuddling, is Rob from Jukebox Beats. He's the guy who puts his show together as well as doing very many remarkable things within the business, which glues it together. So, um, yeah, if you've not hit up Rob yet on uh, 
on Instagram. He's on there as Jukebox Beats. He's the guy who does all the music and uh, produces a show and, and stuff like that. Lewis doesn't really do much, to be honest, nowadays. He just bosses people around. How are you, boss? Great. Um, we're 50 minutes later than planned starting this podcast, so that's a nice waste of my day so far. Wow. Um, well, time management, you should have things there ready to, to, to work on before. Well, when I, when I send a message saying, are we good for 9.30 and no one replies to me, I kind of struggle with putting myself onto something, you know, because I don't really know what I'm doing with my day. But it's fine. We're here now. You've, you've, I've got you on the line. Okay. Is it that time of the month? No, I just, just figured I'd point that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Off you go. Find your tampons. Right. So how excited are you? I'm, I'm stressed more than anything because there's a lot of Corona stuff that I've got to get sorted. But once that is over, I will be. Once I'm in the country and I know that I'm allowed, I'll be happy. But right now, it's like going to America. You know how, like, whenever we go to America, I'm always stressed because I'm like, I just need to get in the country. Same <laughs> as Latvia. I just need to get in the well, country. D- just in case they, they do some background checking. No, remember, I, I told you, I said on a podcast about the grief I got when I went to America this year. So for people who don't know, um, and, you've, you've, you know, probably a lot of people out there probably have no intention of traveling at the moment. Um, but kind of like, tell us, what, what do you actually have to do to, to get into um, Latvia? Well, I've got to go get a corona test on Wednesday. Um, and it turns out I was already dreading it because I was like, oh, God, I've seen all the videos from Supercross of them putting something well up your nose. Turns out in England, they put the thing up your nose and then put it down your throat as well. Have you not heard about the one which goes up your ass? No, I don't do that. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Bet you are. I feel like it would be so me to randomly have coronavirus as well without being ill. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my God. I feel like that would be the most me thing ever. So I'm not looking, I'm dreading that. Right. Here's a scenario for you. Um, you go to the nurse's office. Uh, they do a test. And she basically says, I'm really sorry, but we can't determine whether you've got corona or not. We're going to have to um, put my finger up your bottom and um, put some ointment in there to stop you, you know, to get a better coronavirus test. Would you let her? If it meant you could go to MXGP. Honestly, I zoned out there. That was such a long story. So, like, would lo- you let the nurse... Oh, okay, we're still going to do it. Yeah. This is, so, for, to go to MXGP, you have to let a nurse insert two fingers at your bottom. Would you let her? I'm not that desperate for MXGP. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. You stick to your morals. Well played. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got to do that. I've got like 17 million... Well, I'll tell you what. So this is a scary thing. Okay. Scare us. Scare us. Latvia has got a list of countries, basically. Like every country in the world rated, kind of. I guess against like how high risk they are or whatever. And if you're in a red or yellow country, you have a lot more stuff to do. Okay. Like a lot more paperwork, a lot more tests. I think you have to go to a lab in Riga. Like a lot more to do. Luckily... I update the list every Friday lunchtime, and luckily, the UK was two out of the yellow zone, so we're good. But the list gets updated every Friday lunchtime, and I fly over lunchtime on Friday, so there's a chance I could land and then find (laughs) out that we're now a red country and I haven't got any of the paperwork I need or anything. That's exciting. Well, hopefully, though, uh, common sense might prevail. Um, I'm just praying that you get into because I, I can actually see you kicking right off if um, you're that close to going to MXGP and you can't go. 
Well, if I have got if, yeah, if the test says I do have coronavirus, then tune in next week where I will explain how the testing process is completely wrong, <laughs> and I need to take control of this thing. So on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about obviously the big news what happened last week. We released the, the podcast on the on the Wednesday, and I think it pretty much happened just after it was it was announced the motocross of nations was cancelled. And then I think pretty much the next day they released the the dates. And I kind of said, oh, the teams kind of need to know. People need to know about the British Championship. And lo and behold, maybe, maybe they listened to the podcast show and uh, released the British Championship dates, which is um, obviously positive. And we had the MX Nationals over in the UK the weekend. I don't believe there's any spectators, but at least we're back racing and, and things are moving. So also on the show, we're going to be talking... Obviously, about MX Manager, it's returning. Yes. Obviously, the game's still still going ahead. There's a few changes which we're going to discuss. You can still pay your £12 and enter, and in, in, there's still fantastic prizes up for grabs. Now, obviously, because of coronavirus um, and everything that's happened this year, we have had to make a, a couple of changes, which we're going to talk about in the second half, uh, or part two, uh, or even part three. So, Lewis... Let's talk oh, first thing oh. about, and obviously we're going to do MX, MXGP preview, and we're going to do that in a, minute, in a minute. But let's talk about obviously the information. Everybody's heard it. If you listen to this show, you you you've probably been on Facebook and in, in, in forums and everything else discussing it. But obviously, not a big shock, but still a shock, I think. Um. Well, first of all, you haven't explained what you're talking about there. Okay, so across the nations. Yep. It's only a shock because of how much. They clung to it. When I interviewed David in May, and I said, "Is there even a percentage chance that the nations gets cancelled?" He said, "No, it's not even a not even something we're considering." So that's how much they they want. Like, yeah, I feel like they they wanted that to go ahead more than anything in the world. But yeah, it's off. I think it's for the best, and we move on. I I've got to be honest. I'm I'm kind of I'm disappointed because. It's going to be the First Nations I miss for, for obviously a long time and it's not happening and stuff like that. And there's a completely selfish angle there. I'm kind of relieved in a way that they're not doing this whole GP points and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It, I think, I think it's, it's for the best. I think that's the best way of, of, of you know, kind of rounding it up is that it's for the best because the Nations is a unique event and it needs to stay a unique event. It doesn't need to be tied to GPs and stuff like that. And I know it was only because of coronavirus. However, I'm I'm kind of glad, right? Okay, it's done. We've made the decision. We can smash out the GPs now, close the book, and then hopefully, hopefully the world gets back to a little bit of normality and we can uh, get back to business next year. Yeah, it's just the right thing to do, isn't it? Like, you wanted, well, you say the nations needs to be unique and it was going to be more unique than ever this year, so maybe it would have been right up your alley. But... Yeah, I don't know. Like, no one wants to see it go, but you've just got to admit it's the right thing, haven't you? And move on, really. Yeah. There's nothing that could be done at all to make that. Oh, to make, people tried. Not, I won't, Absolutely yeah, I'm not, I won't tried say, everything. I won't say to make it a success because it could have been a success, but I don't think there was any way to make it a guaranteed success because there's li- there was no way to know what was going like, to happen with it. No. no and, and, the re- and the reasons, obviously, for why it's not happening are pretty obvious. Because the teams and the riders and, you know, pe- people need to know, they need to plan um, for this event. Uh, and also the uncertainty, which seems to be changing kind of each week, um, it's impossible to do so. 
So it, it, it's hard enough putting on a, an event of that stature anyway, let alone with, you know, obstacles constantly moving. But you have to take your hat off to Steve Dixon. I mean, the guy uh, had already spoke to the councils, police, literally everything to lay the groundwork to making it happen. And after giving to be, being sort of two days notice of it being kind of like put out there, that, you know, if it wasn't for that guy, that just, that, uh, you know, take, I take my hat off to him because if it wasn't for him, we, we wouldn't have a GP uh, in this country anyway. Yeah, it's not like it. It's not like it came from that side. It's not like it got cancelled because um, the council or whatever said that Matterley couldn't hold it. It wasn't a forced cancellation by there not being a track in England. It, became, it went the other way from the higher ups down. Like I think Steve was more than happy to give it a good go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, so all credit to um, Steve. He gets you know, probably not the support which he, he needs to get for these events, but yeah, he's still willing to put his neck on the line and, and, and make it happen for motocross. True, true, true motocross guy. So regarding um, Steve's team, uh, is Wilson Todd back this week? No. As, as revealed on MX Vice a month ago. He, he's literally out of, for the rest of the season? No, I think he might be back in Turkey. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay, glad you're happy with that. Yeah, no, thanks. And is there any updates on his team? On whose team? Steve's. What do you mean? Well, with what he's running. He's not going to Latvia. There's no riders. Just no riders. He's he's not going to be doing it. In you really in... need to read MX Vice more. I re- I strongly recommend it. Has it got sort of info about motocross? Well, a month ago it had this information. Okay. Well, isn't it your job to kind of just fill me in? I don't think that's what this podcast... This podcast isn't a one-to-one chat where I catch you up on the world of motocross, as far as I'm aware. We should do that as a show. I think it'd be kind of cool. I believe that there's other people out there like me who have, like, kind of busy lives and, um, you know, do stuff. And, uh, you know, it'd be quite nice just to have, like, a, hey, James. Like, maybe we call that, hey, James. Guess what happened this week? I'm not doing another podcast with you. Why not? This, this one, one works tests, so well. This one, this one tests my patience enough, to be honest. Okay, uh, here's another little uh, little thing for you. Oh. Okay. If it was to do a second podcast with me or produce an MX Vice magazine, what would you do? Well, it depends. Would you make me do a magazine by myself again? <laughs> Can you, if people don't know this story, this is... Just this is typical Lewis Phillips, right? So you have to peel back the layers of Lewis to really understand him. And no one understands the grind and the hard work and determination that he's willing to put in. So I'll speak for a minute, Lewis, right? You just keep quiet. But wait, um, what did you want me to say to that? Yes. I, I do like, <laughs> like, what did you want me to say to that? I'm going to give you a little bit of credit because um, well, it's actually time. due. But Lewis is where he is in the world, and you know he's he's basically in charge of MX Vice and, and goes around the world and does everything else because no one understands what this kid's been through. But basically, I think it's back in 2014, 2015, we decided to do a uh, freemium magazine, which was a premium magazine, which was free. I had like 120 pages, and we still got some copies here. You know, they're really, really good. We just didn't get the support from the advertisers at the time. And um, it was a phenomenal, like, literally, between 
And it was two people, literally two people worked on this, which was John, who was the graphic designer, John Bolton, who's designed all the MX Vice logo and stuff like that, and basically Lewis. Lewis Me, who had no experience. I wasn't even in in college. (laughs) Yeah. Find all the photos, literally source everything, write everything. And and that's not just writing articles, that's content, page, everything. And and, and this wasn't just my only job. I was doing MX Vice website as well, and then... If James, if James was like, oh, Hurling's broke his leg two minutes ago. Why isn't it on the website yet? I still had to deal with that. <laughs> so, but if anybody wants a copy of the freemium magazine, I tell you what, if you, if you go onto the MX Vice website, purchase an MX Vice t-shirt, I will dig out. If, if we've, I'm pretty sure we, I don't know if we've got all of them, but I think we've probably got a good four or five of them. If you're interested in seeing a freemium magazine from uh, 2014, 2015, buy an MX Vice t-shirt, send me a message um, or send a message uh, when you're doing the transaction that you want the magazines and we'll send them out. And, I'll, and we'll send them out worldwide. So if, if, if you're listening wherever you are and you want to see the freemium magazines, um, and I tell you what, we've even got some signed by Tommy Sir and Dean Wilson. So if you're lucky enough to... Um, uh, you might get one of those in the post as well. So I think we've got about 10 signed from each, each one of them. Uh, they they obviously on the cover and they've got signed. But hats off to Lewis because it's, it's a great story because no one, literally, we're talking like all day, all night. He didn't stop until that magazine. But it was like... Because like, you genuinely got on me if it was like running late. <laughs> there wasn't even a release date, but you would randomly pick a date and be like, well, why, isn't it getting, why are we running a bit late? But most magazines have like an editorial team. It's just you and John. Yeah. And John wasn't even part, like John was in his own little world doing the design. I have no ideas of expectations, do I? No. Uh, no. No, it's Once like, again, this is, I don't know why I'm still here. This is very reminiscent to Even Strokes at the moment where we are punching way above what we should be doing. And we have got some stupid, ridiculous expectations, but we seem to keep hitting them. I just feel sorry for Rob. I already feel like I need to move into that um, that world and sort you out. No, that world's absolutely fine. You just keep um, being the boss of MX Vice and everything's good. Every, everybody else over on the other side is, is very like, you know, we're a little bit stress-free now. I can imagine because that's when work <laughs> doesn't get done. <laughs> okay, let's get back to, uh, let's get back to why we're here. Latvia this week then. So hopefully you're going to be in Latvia, Lewis, but it's all dependent. No, honestly, on... I've really started to stress now. What? What's... Why won't they let me book a coronavirus test for Wednesday? It's Tuesday. Why would that not be a thing? I, I don't know, mate. I'm not a doctor. I found a Northern Ireland government website that says you can't book them until 8pm the day before, but I can't wait that long to find out that it's wrong. I might just... Okay. All, all it is is... If... Wait, actually, probably shouldn't say this, but... But you get your results through a text, right? Yeah. Could I not? Could I not Google what Google what the text is? Get someone to text it to me. Change their name to NHS Track and Trace, and be like, "Bam." Yeah. But why don't you just print it out and say you lost your phone? No, nah, it'll be fine. I haven't got coronavirus. I feel perfectly well. I do have a bit of a scratchy throat, but that's fine. I think I've just imagined that because I'm stressing myself out. Bit of a scratchy throat. What have you been up to? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. As long as, as, long as you're okay, because you sound okay, obviously. 
if I don't go to Latvia, then it is going to be one heck of a week on MXVice because I will just every article will be like Jeffrey Hurlings wins MXGP of Latvia. In other news, Lewis is sad. Uh, if you don't go to Latvia, I just feel sorry for your mum and your brother and also Dougie the dog because they've got to go through it, and I don't think that's fair on anyone. Uh, it's fine. I'll be. I'm, I'll be going. I haven't got coronavirus. It's fine. Let's do this. Also, uh, just a shout out to uh, Piney Phillips, Lewis's mum, whose birthday today. She's 21 again. So um, happy birthday, Piney. Yeah, fun fact. My entire uh, family, grandparents, and I think are currently downstairs and wondering why I can't see them. <laughs> ah, okay. So this is why the, um, this is why the podcast needed to be done in the afternoon. Because yeah, it's your mum's birthday. Well, yeah. And I was meant to be taking her out for lunch, but I cancelled that too. Because that is a commitment that you were talking about. Jesus. Well, it's not me, is it? It's the, it's the, the people who are listening. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. We've rambled here. Come on. Latvia, let's okay. talk. So, Latvia. MXGP, MX2 preview. What do you expect from... from and we, we talked a little bit last week about um, expectations of riders going in. There's going to be... I think one of the the dangerous things about people raring to go get back to racing is that they get a little bit excited. And Latvia has a tendency of biting people in the ass. Do you agree? No. no. Okay. Because they've all raced already and there was none of that. No one's actually... I was actually thinking about this the other day. For all of the preseason races, there haven't actually been any crashes or injuries, which is impressive. Because you'd expect one person to have something and ding up a finger or something. But... Yeah, it's been uh, pretty smooth sailing so far. But I'm guessing people are, if they're obviously racing at internationals in, in these sort of events, they're only going 90%, aren't they? MXGP is um, way different. I don't know, because Hurlins heart rate was at 200 BPM on Sunday. Yeah, I know. I don't think we can talk about Hurlins in this, you know, in the same level as everything else. He's oh. just a phenom, isn't he? Or well, is that because it doesn't go along with your theory? Uh, that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've looked at my MXGP power rankings again and I think we should try and outline our final say now well um, before you start there uh, didn't you have a conversation last week with somebody about MX2 power rankings because you were wrong no I, I, no. actually I need to disclaimer this people have gotten confused people think power rankings are predictions for Latvia they're not these are no no these, I thought everyone knew what power rankings are because they do them in many other sports. Okay, so please explain. Effectively, it's kind of like a... Well, it's kind of like a gist of where the class is at via injuries, recent results. Like, say, Hurlins went DNF, DNF at Latvia 1. In the power rankings for Latvia 2... He wouldn't be last because you'd be like, well, he rose well, put him second. And then you kind of get a, a realistic look at what it's all opinion at the end of the day. It's bench racing fodder. That's all it's meant to be. Uh, that's what I was explaining to you two shows ago. I, you were ripping into me for my power rankings, but I was literally putting them on the table as a conversation piece. Yeah. So anyway, so it's not, it's just been, I, I don't even believe in my power rankings 100% because it can all change, but this is where I think I'm at. So. One, Hurlins, because I think you have to give the series leader some level of respect. Like, as I said, the power rankings can change however much you want, but I still I feel like something drastic has to happen for you to not put the series leader as number one just out of respect. Okay. Not for, like, just... but, we, but we do know he's coming back from a little injury. 
not, I wouldn't really call it an injury. It's a minor, it, it was a minor concussion in June and he raced at Axel and was absolutely fine. So that's out of the window. No, who cares, I think. Okay. So one Hurlins, two Geyser, three Caroli, four Fevre, and this is where I started to argue with myself a little bit. Okay. Five was Sewer. in the mirror or just, um, just like, just mm, in bed? Well, you see, I have to put in a lot of prep for this show because you don't do anything. I don't do absolutely nothing at all. You know the you instruction that you heard at the beginning, I had to write it for him. Yeah, or literally, if anybody's listened to this, I literally just turn up and that is no lie. There's no prep, no nothing. If you're wondering why I'm so shit, it's because I literally have not got a clue what I'm doing and I just wander in, sit down, there's a load of pieces of paper in front of me and my iPad. Seeing as I write all the instructions and wrote and do the structure and everything, I did suggest that maybe we should switch roles and I should be the host, but James did not like that. One, one thing that everybody should realise is if Lewis isn't an MX Vice, there is no MX Vice. It's fucking dead. Which is why I can't have a day off. If it's left to me, we're all fucked. Anyway, so Fevra 4th, because fuck me, Fevra has been impressive lately. 5 Sewer, 6 Prado, 7 Coldenoff, 8 Jazaconis, 9 DeSalle, 10 Paul Lamb. Now, get into this a bit more, but... Where's Mitch? My shock Mitch. at this is Mitch. having DeSalle... Mitch had a complete shoulder reconstruction. He's not there yet. Sorry, the shock, The shock that I took of this is having DeSalle and Paul Lamb as 9th and 10th is horrific. Like... How ridiculous. But the field is stacked, and this, was, this is a nice reminder. So, before I go on more about what I think, you? Oh, I totally agree. I would oh, never God. disagree with you. Okay, can you just... Otherwise, it's just, I might as well just do this podcast by myself. What do you <laughs> think, James? Well, I would definitely say uh, Mitch in 10th, and... Uh... Okay, okay. Who are you, who are you taking out, then? Um... I'm going to take out Paul Lamb, I think. What? No. I agree yeah, that Paul Lamb isn't the race winner people think he is, but putting him 11th. Where was he? At the, was he 10th in your list? Yeah, but there's a big drop between 10th and 11th, because at least in 10th, really? you're a top 10. 11th, you've... So, okay, so you're trying to say now that Mitch Evans is an 11th, but it's a huge drop. No, I'm saying that... Um, see, this is where you're one... I'm going to have to stop doing this, because people don't understand it. You know what? This is right. You know not really grinds my gears? On Sunday, I watched another sport for the first time in my life. What the hell? I was that very- is Panimoto bombshell of the week. <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying to find it. Okay. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.com to find out more and book now. Oh, my fucking God! This is mental! You want something else? Yeah, I didn't like it. What was it? Well, I really want... This is... Okay, so basically, I set my... I put way too high expectations on myself. So, rather than come out all guns blazing in Latvia. I want to evolve slowly for the first time in my life. So every week I want to do something new. And I figured that I, I, what I want to do is I want to bring a bit more of a mainstream feel into MXGP. Because Supercross okay. has done a really good job of that lately. So I watched Formula One, just to, not really for the race, mainly to see what they did before and after it, just to kind of like get an idea. Yeah. I was bored. Brilliant. Um... <laughs> 
What did the, did the last lap not excite you though? No, I don't care. Well, bloody hell, he's got a puncher. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, could not care. Like I did not give a single shit. Like okay, he's got a puncher. Well, for the second place, Macy. Well, he's miles behind. I can see that. I'm not thick. I've, what this is the first time I've ever watched this sport, and I can clearly see that he's not going to catch him up. Uh, this is the first time you've ever watched Formula One. Maybe a new podcast should be I review other sports. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis does tennis. Like this is because I've got a lot to say. So I, I watched. I mainly watched it for what they did before and after because I wanted some ideas, and I really want to. I've got an idea now for 2021 that I want to pull off, but I'm going to need some meetings with people to pull this off. Okay. Because what if I had a desk in a paddock and the post race podcast were a live video of me talking and then bringing people in? That would be fucking phenomenal. However, you wouldn't be able to get the rights. No, that's what I'm thinking. But maybe something along those lines. Anyway, so the problem why that wouldn't work, it would be it would work because it'd be amazing. But you'd be competing against MXGP or in front. No, well, maybe I don't know. Anyway, so this that was one of my ideas, and then I thought maybe we could do something along the lines of that bigger next year. But so I watched it for loads of little ideas anyway, and I can't remember where I'm going with this. Oh, so they do power rankings, and yet they can have this discussion. Whereas if we do it in MXGP, everyone gets pissed off. You try and tell me that I'm being a dick to people. And like, it's like, okay, no one have an opinion then. No, I, I, hang on. I didn't say you. Like, I might as well just go over and do that meow sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're, you're right that you need to explain what the power rankings are. I've done that. Because... And you still... <laughs> argue with me I, i'm just arguing because it, we're, we're doing a podcast show and i find it very entertaining so um I, I i get to spend a lot of time with you over over a whole year and, and have them for a long time so i i kind of know how entertaining you can be when your buttons are pressed not not in a sexual way the thing is is uh i i don't i think the re, your reason reasonings behind the power rankings are are correct it's a. It's basically a bench. Like I don't hundred. I'm not going to go to my grave believing that my power rankings going into Latvia are correct. But it's a conversation starter because you know what? You might disagree. Everyone would disagree. Someone might tweet us now. Go. Fev uh, I'd put Sura ahead of Fevra, and I can't argue with that. But that's the best. Like, let's talk about MXGP. Let's bloody get it going. Let's get more. That I want. I want the excitement around Supercross around MXGP. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah, which That's you do what I, have. I want to do stuff that gets people. I want to make people more. Get the people going. I want to get people more invested in it now because I feel like I don't know. Like, let's talk about MXGP. Let's like, let's do this anyway. So, no, Mitch has had a few full shoulder reconstruction and even said in a Honda PR that he doesn't know what level he'll be at in Latvia. So, and also he got beaten by Van Horbeek on Sunday. So if five. By default, you've got to put Van Horbeek in there. Where the fuck did that come from? That was a that was a good result. Mitch is coming off of a full shoulder reconstruction, and Van Horbeek is quite a good rider. No, no, no. But I, I think he's uh, I, the thing is, is with if we're discussing bench racing and power rankings, then I, I kind of dismissed Desal last year in Argentina. Was it last year in Argentina? Two thousand nineteen Argentina. Desal, yeah. Don't you mean Van Horbeek? Yeah, well, I was getting to that as well. But both riders are kind of like, because that was his first year on the, um, the S, 
the what was the what's the Honda team called? SR. Honda, Honda SR Motor Blues. SR, yeah, that's the one, Motor Blues. Um, so I got to get the sponsors in there. Of course, you. I mean, you do a terrible job of ours, but don't give a fuck theirs up. <laughs> I um, I was quick to dismiss both both riders, and and Argentina was a, a bit of a, a realism. Is that those they're, they've still got it, even though obviously they're they're approaching you know thirty or or just past it. They're still freaking fast. And still able to put in those results. And I know that we argued in the first MX5 shows about Van Horbeek and, you know, his inconsistency and stuff like that. He's only good in the first part of the... Your, your theory is he's only good in the first few GPs. Fly away in the first few GPs. Out. Yeah. But when I, when I seen sell in, in Argentina, it really made me um, change my opinion of him. Because... Wait, why? It, you're talking about Van Horbeek and then you mentioned sell. You're losing me. Because both riders, I think, are very similar in, in the fact that depending on how they feel and if the freaking planets are aligned, they could literally completely and utterly cause chaos to, to your power rankings. No, DeSalle's better than Van Horbeek every day of the week. DeSalle, DeSalle can easily be top five every single week. DeSalle, yeah. You can't put those in the same category. No. Okay, okay. Uh, like Van, Horbeek is, Van Horbeek is not on the level of DeSalle, not in a, terms of equipment, talent, uh, history, uh, any of that. But what I was saying is, is the power rankings are based on a, a bit like form, a bit like who's hot in, in who's yeah. not, but based on variables, like uh, not fictitious variables, but variables about how well they've done in the last thing, whether they got injured in training this week. Da, 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 da. All those variables make up how you're looking at those riders going into this weekend and how they will perform based on what information you've got. Yeah, like, um, I, for instance, I moved... Originally, I had Jazakonis 10th and Dessau and Paul Allen ahead of him, but then I thought, well, Jazakonis did get a podium at Volkenswald, and he has kind of been... Well, part of the reason I've put Dessau that low is he hasn't raced yet. So, I don't... So you're like, off of this, basically, information you haven't got. Yeah. Because, because you haven't got that information, that's reflective to where he is in the power rankings. But then equally, I've got Paul Allen below him, and Paul Allen was on the podium at Arnhem. So it, but this is the thing, I'm arguing with myself, because this is what I want. I want discussion. So, yeah. James... Give me your power rankings. Okay. My power rankings are... You managed Herlin. to discuss the concept of the power rankings instead of the actual power rankings. Okay. This is where my power rankings are going, right? Herlin's number one. Number two is Geyser. Number three is Crowley. Number four is... I'm going to go with... Controversial, I know. Cold enough. No. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with Jazakonis. Oh. Yeah, Jazakonis, and then I'm going to go Sewer. Then Coldenhoff. You're drunk. Well, hey, this is a discussion. The reason I'm going for Jazakonis <laughs> is because um, I believe he's, he, he's showing some really good form. He's now, he's not got the worry of next year. Yeah, but, 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 Fevra beat him on Sunday. Completely beat him. Yeah, I, I'm, by I'm, the argument I'm, of good, not only did that, not only that, Fevre also beat him at Arnhem too. So how can you put Jazakonis above him on the argument of good form when Fevre is clearly in better form? But I, 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 I would put a wager on um, Jazakonis beating him straight up in all three rounds. It um, all, all three rounds. I, Fuck no, done fifty quid. All three rounds. <laughs> way too much. No, not. I'll take that. Don't, 50 quid. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. 
and the reason why I say this is um, February, I, I 100% agree with you, is looking freaking awesome. Absolutely amazing. And I really hope that that form continues, but it does like a crash. Yeah, but all I need is Jazz Aconius to wash the front and I've won 50 quid. I've got six motors for him to do it. Well, I, I did say overall. No, you didn't. I think I did. Rob's, Rob's no, nodding. Of course he is. That's how he keeps his job. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Okay, maybe I made a mistake. Okay, so I'm going to go February 4th, just on based on form. Jazakonis, 5th. Jazakonis, 5th. Seaworth, 6th. Koldenhoff, 7th. Hmm. I'm going to put Prado, 8th. Desau, 9th. Evans, 10th. And Corran, yeah, well, I just wanted to make it clear that, that that 11th was very close. 10th and 11th is very, very close. The things that stand out to me from my power rankings are, well, these are the things that stand out to me in general. Geyser, oh, he's fucked. The championship's so sandy. He's better at Latvia than people give him credit for. He's, he's won 50% of the, of the rounds at Latvia since he went to an XGP, 2016 and 2019. Herlins won the other two. So actually, yeah, even that's interesting. The last four years, Geyser and Herlins are the only ones who have won. Um, I think Fevera got a motor win in 2016. But apart from that, three motor winners. Because I'm pretty sure Herlins went 1-1 in 2017. He would have in 2018. And then Herlins and Geyser split last year. So yeah, in four years of MXGP in Latvia, we've only had three motor winners, which is maybe a sign of things to come. But everyone says that Geyser's screwed because the track's too sandy now, the rest of the series, blah, blah, blah. I think he'll be better and closer in Latvia than people give him credit for. Okay, he might not win a round or even a moto, but I think he'll be close enough where we leave Latvia and he is in a position to retaliate in Turkey and Fienza, two tracks that technically should play in his favour the same way Kegums will play in Hurland. Okay. Okay, that all you got to say? No, I, 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 I believe... Anybody who underestimates guys are going into whether it's Sandy or whatever, you're, I think you're a fool. It's not that for people who don't know. Like I guess there's some people internationally who have no idea. Kegums isn't Balkanswad or Lommel. Kegums has a hard base, and the gnarliness is the fact that it gets proper chewed up, but not not deep like Lommel. So you've got rolling bumps where you it's like it's all just choppy basically. Yeah. So, so yes, it's very different to Lommel. They're not even in the, they shouldn't even really go in the same sand category. Caroli hasn't raced, but he was close. He was Volkanswad wasn't great. Matterly was. So got a kind of lean on Matterly a little bit. Like you can't forget that happened. And also he was he had shoulder and knee injuries. So he was good at Matterly. He's had time to heal. Surely that means he'll now be right with or closer to Hurlings and Geyser. Yeah, I, I think common sense. I think yeah, absolutely. Um, Fever has been bloody phenomenal. I, honestly, I completely forgot about him before Arnhem, but Jesus Christ, he is on it at the moment, and maybe does something. I don't know. I don't think he's going to win. Actually, here's what here's one for you. Does Fever win a GP this year? Yeah. Mm, no. 
Yeah, I think... Dip- no, he'll win a moto, I think. But No, I don't even know that. He'll win a qualifying race. No, I think... I think... Well, I, I don't... I don't... I don't... Th- well, I don't think he'll beat Hurlins straight up. However, if Hurlins has, you know, crashes on the first corner, da 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 whatever, then I don't, I don't think he's got the, uh, the, the package to beat Hurlins straight up. However, I do think if something happened to Hurlins, then I think he could take that opportunity. You know what? This is where it gets uber interesting because a lot gets said about rating Hurlins and Geyser together. But the fact is, it's just hit me. It's Fevra went 1-1 in Lockett last year, beating Geyser straight up. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fevra's ever beat Hurlins straight up. And there's got to be something to that. Like, that's got to say, that fact alone surely says something to the hurlings guys a battle, no? No, I agree. Also, Good point. I don't even, I can't, well, actually, no, I guess that isn't true. But yeah, I don't, I'm not saying, whoa, look at that, but it's just an interesting thing to think about because what does that, I don't quite know what that means, but that's definitely something worth considering. Okay, we have just finished part one of the show. We're going to come back. Please, please hold on, hold on that thought, Lewis. Wait to cut me off half, literally <laughs> halfway through a thing. Part one was brought to you by Talon Engineering. Talon Engineering are industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far enough factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Bill Base Honda, who are in action the weekend, and more put a trust in same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Here's one of our sponsors, and we will be back in five. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 40 of the MX Vice podcast show. 
as you probably listened to in the first half, Lewis is very excited about MXGP uh, returning this weekend. And we're just talking about power rankings. But before we do, I'd like to thank Fly Racing, Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Inson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Evenstrokes. Those companies make this podcast happen. Without their support, there wouldn't have been an MX Vice in 2020. That simple. This section of the show is brought to you by Technical Touch. Did you know that as well as being the exclusive importer for KYB Motorcycle and Genuine Parts, Technical Touch are also the European importer for Hinson Clutch Components. Technical Touch are also presenting the second half of the MXY show. Show them support at technical-touch.com. Visit Technical Touch and feel like an MXGP rider. Also, those guys are distribute OD Grips. ODI Grips. ODI Grips. They also bring in Xtrig and uh, Yoshimura. So uh, check their website out, technical-touch.com. One of the things which has been a really, really good positive thing, especially in coronavirus when most companies are, are kind of like, you know, not as focused, you know, with everything going on. But it's been absolutely brilliant to have uh, Fly Racing come on board. Big shout out to Jason Thomas and I think it was Max as well, wasn't it, Lewis? Yeah, Max Stephens. Huge thank you to supporting the show. The guys listened to it. So, um, I mean, that's a testament to itself. And in good luck, Jason, with everything. We, if you don't know Jason Thomas, then, then check him out. He does his own podcast show. Um, and you can subscribe on uh, Patreon, I believe, isn't it, Lewis? Yeah, he's on there as well. Yep. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet changing the game. I need to get my hands on a Formula helmet because I'm I really... Have, an- I have... um. In one up close and had a little play around with one. It's actually crazy impressive. Well, I don't know if you've seen a recent picture of me, but I'm currently wearing an Alpine Stars uh, SM8 helmet. Yeah, you and, don't do that. Well, I look like Darth Vader. Well, yeah, I'd recommend a fly formula myself. Yeah, I, I was. I'm, I'm. I really do need to get a new helmet. I, I looked at pictures, and actually, someone even said if I put a cape on, then it's like Darth Vader on a Kawasaki. I'll tell you what's interesting about this fly formula helmet. I feel like it's rare nowadays that a company releases a product that can make this big an like an all new thing that is this exciting and this bigger have this big an impact across the world. And I genuinely believe the Fly Formula helmet is that. As in, I can wait to actually see one myself and feel it and like have a proper look. And I can't think of the last time I felt that way about a product. When was the last time you, you felt a helmet? Ah, funny. So you um, also, okay, yes, I do get what you're saying. And uh, one thing I'd like to say is if we were able to get two fly helmets, uh, would you get back on a motorcycle and ride with me? No, I'm not riding. I'm done. I'm retired. I can't do it myself. 
fuck's sake. People out there want you on a bike. I, well, this, we're going to make this shit happen. You know what's going to happen? I'll go riding, and then that day, the biggest news ever will break, and I'll just... <laughs> Is this why you're not going to have children or get married? Oh, I don't know. Life's, the MX fighters has screwed my life up so much. <laughs> well, before... <laughs> Lewis's life gets screwed up anymore. We were talking about the MXGP power rankings and the preview for this week. So now we've talked about, well, we, sorry, I, I cut you off on, on, on going through your power rankings in, in the first part of the show, Lewis. And you were talking about, obviously, your top four. Would you like to, to, to carry on talking about your power rankings? Um, yeah. So I just finished talking about Fevra. Okay. Uh, Sewer. 100% underrated. No doubt in my mind, quickly becoming the most underrated rider in MXGP. Will he win a race? Eh. Is he going to be right there every week, top five? Yes, no doubt in my mind. Sua consistently beats the Koldenoff, Jazakonis, Sal, Paul Ann group. No doubt in my mind. Brilliant. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just thinking about... I really want to do a podcast with someone who is just, like, <laughs> wants to talk about MXGP with me. Well, I was actually just thinking about Jeremy and, and the fact that what, what do you think it is with him? Because he's a real cool guy and, you know, we, you guys got to do the, the surfing video with him in Bali and stuff like that. But why, why do you think he is? I want to... It's just something which I've been sat here thinking about. I just, got, I just let you waffled on. And I was just thinking, what is it that stops him from, from having that, that X factor? No, it's not that. It's just the fact that last year was his breakout year and there were a lot of injuries. So I think a lot of people are hesitant to believe he is at that level. However, he's not at the level he was last year, this year. He's actually taken a huge step up as proven by Matty. So yeah, which is, this get, is what I find crazy. Well, no, because like, I've just explained it. Like, because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said it. I would have had to point well, this out to you. Well, I, I, to be to be fair, because we talk quite a lot behind the scenes, and we we've discussed this. We actually um, rarely talk nowadays. No, but when we were traveling last year, we we talked heavily about this, about that he is an underrated rider in in the fact of his consistency, and he's always there and thereabouts, and he was definitely. In, in a way, punching way above what he should have been for a rookie, shouldn't he? What, last year? Yeah. Well, he wasn't a rookie last year, but fair enough. Okay, so the year before. He wasn't punching then. He was just a he was 50 through 8 every week and didn't have a podium. But, but Jonas with a was stacked... a more impressive rookie because he had podium. Yeah, but with a stacked class... I mean, what, what do we expect from, from a rookie? I mean, we're, we're seeing... Wait, 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 you're way off. You're now talking about expectations for Sewer in 2018. Where are we going with this? Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of going with... When, when you were talking, I don't, you're, you're quite right. He doesn't get the credit, which he, he deserves. Fact is, he's, Matt Ali was massive. Matt, Matt Ali was crazy impressive. He should have been on the podium. He just missed out. Vulcanside was a disaster due to a magnitude of things. Once we get four races under our belt and he's consistently there after four weeks, four rounds, then the talk will start and there'll be more talk about how great Sewer is and it's just, it's coming. It would already be happening, but coronavirus kind of delayed everything. You've just got to, you've just got to take it all with a pinch of salt and wait a little bit and then everyone will kind of wake up to how good he is. 
Okay, so here, here's a question for you. Okay, brilliant. Your questions are always great. Okay, so can you see... So, so without a doubt, we, there, there is that top three of Hurlins, Geyser and Crowley when they're fit, yeah? Uh, you could possibly add Prado, but Prado's had a few little injuries and stuff like that. But at the start of the year, we, we were kind of talking in the same vein about him pushing those guys or being there and thereabouts. Can Jeremy step up to be pushing that top group and mixing well, it with him? Who is that top group? The top three. So, so you mean go ahead of Fevra or battle with Fevra? Well, I, I think he's capable of battling with Fevra. Oh, so I, I'm I, just trying to define what you're saying because if, if you're including Fevra in that top group, then he's there. Okay, he, he's, he's vice... So let's... let's Let's go back a step. He's he's vice world champion, okay? And people are, are dismissive of that because people were injured. But now, obviously, those people aren't injured and those three are back. Can he now take that next step in battling Geyser and Crowley? Yeah, he was doing... And Hurlins, you can't... Yeah, and Hurlins. So, so, so you believe he's there now. He's, he's going to make that step up and he's going to push into that top three well, and mix I'm not, it up with... No, I'm not saying he'll be there every week, but I'm not sure what the question is because he's done it. It happened to Matterley. This is what I'm saying. It straight up happened to Matterley. Like, it's happening, kind of. This isn't something to... This isn't a will it happen. This is happening right in front of us. We just haven't had the races to prove it yet. So, so you think sort of the next three or four races will start to see his consistency and his speed grow to be consistently battling those guys. He'll be top. He'll be Fevra's level and ahead of Fevra at time. Basically, the MXGP class goes like this: Hurling's guys are Caroli in one bracket, Fevra, Sewer, Prado in the next bracket, and then the cold enough Jazaconis to sell Paul Lands of the world. Do you think? Why? What's what? I would have said Jazakonis, Prado, and DeSalle would be a little bit closer to the group in front, or even mixing it with them. What, so you'd put Hurlings, Geyser, Caroli, Jazakonis? No. You just said Fevra, Sewer. And Prado. Who else did you... And Prado. No, you didn't put Prado in that one. Yeah, I did. You may need to rewind on that one. Yeah, I put Prado in there because then I said, and then you've got... Cold enough, Jazakonis and the others. Mm, I think I think that group and the group behind it is is pretty much a mix of all of them now. I don't think they're they're two separate groups. What? So you think Fevra, Sewer, Prado, Cold enough, Jazakonis to Sao Paul and are all one group? Yeah. Okay, you're drunk again. Well, how can I bench trace with you if if you're just it's it's your way and no way whistle knows. Well, it's not my fault. You've got a drinking problem. It's if not you, my fault that you can play sounds at your nose. If you um if you could get your drinking problem under control, then maybe we'd maybe we'd have a better discussion. No, because you're I'm you're going the opposite way to me. I'm saying your Fevra Sewer Prado group are right there knocking on the door to the third place of the podium. Whereas you're knocking them down back towards the Cold North Jazakonis to Sao Paulan group. And to be fair, any of those riders can land on the podium at any point. But if I'm a better man, I'm putting money on Fevra Sewer Prado doing it more consistently or being more likely to get up there. 
and break up the Hurlings Geyser Karobi party. No, I, I'm just I'm just thinking um, your madness all the way through. And uh, I agree to disagree. What, what, wait, what does, so what do you disagree with there? Because I feel like that's a fairly standard opinion. I don't think you could put Paul Ann, DeSalle, Jazakonis, Seawer all in the same bracket now. But you, you, you just, you were the one who just said that. What's, what's? Oh, sorry, I'm stuck on something. Well, you, were you, were. Just, you were the one who just said that. I, I'm very confused now. I, maybe I, I need to write down my power rankings in part three and share them with you. Because oh, I need a fucking whiteboard or something because I have trouble remembering what I'd done last week, let alone fucking five minutes ago at the moment. Um, and, and you go around in circles. I need, I, I, need, I need whiteboard. I'm bringing a whiteboard in next week. Maybe a fucking couple of monitors, everything. And I want one of those dragon things, like on CSI, where I can just drag things across. Let's figure it out from here. Name every rider who wins a GP this year. We've already fucking done that. Yeah, but now it's new. It's basically a new season. Lots changed. Different tracks. Less rounds. Go. Okay. Based on what I fucking know at the moment, which is two GPs, which were... I don't even know if it was this year or last year or whatever. Fucking whatever the hell's going on at the moment in the world, Crowley, Geyser, and Hurlins are going to win GPs. Like, for fact, okay? Yes, well done. I agree with you on that opinion. Thank you. I do believe that Fevre, given his current form, as clarified in your power rankings, has the potential to win a GP. Not a GP, sorry, a win a moto. Koldenhoff. You cannot rule Koldenhoff out. Every fucking year, for the last two years, he's won a GP. So at That's some incorrect. point... Well, he didn't... What was it the year before then? So he's, he, didn't, he didn't win a GP in 2018. Or 2017. Yes, he fucking did. He won Assen. He won Assen. In 2018. Now you're wrong. You're, you're incorrect. In 2018. So 2018 and 2019, which I said first before you just twisted it, he's won Wait. GP... He's won motos in both. You said you keep saying overalls and then switching your thing to motos. And either way, Colnoff didn't win shit in 2018. But he still won Assen. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? He didn't win Assen. How do, hang on. Right. I'm going to bring up the fucking results. Right. You, I you talk. In front of me. 2018 at Assen. He wasn't on the podium. What year was it that he ruled Assen? <laughs> never. <laughs> the nations last year, but never in a GP. Oh, okay. I was confused. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All some of us we we've got other parts <laughs> of our life. You know, just, you just fucking... full on argue with me as well. Literally, we're dying. Oh, on do you know what? <laughs> fucking get another house because I am so tired of fucking arguing with you all the time with your fucking stats and your fucking. <laughs> do you know what? It's a fucking life outside this shit. <laughs> my my stat being the results from Aston twenty eighteen. <laughs> Right, fuck this, fuck this, <laughs> fuck this right. shit. Right. So, what were you? What was your point with this stuff? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I don't even know what I'm doing or where I am. I tell you what, <laughs> let's go for a commercial break. No, it's way too early. We we got to finish MXGP first because uh, I, I I'm not fucking finishing MXGP. Where's my fucking list? Where's my fucking? Where's my fucking sponsors? Right. Would like to thank 
Talon, Fly, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. We will be back in five. Exactly. Have you gone? We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome back. An impromptu part two there. Reason being is because I wanted to get my facts correct with Glenn. So I banged tools, went straight to the printer, printed out results. And uh, before I do that, I would like to just say an announcement to Technical Touch. Did you know that as well as being the exclusive importer for KYB Motorcycle and Genuine Parts, Technical Touch are also the European importer for hints and clutch components. Technical Touch are also presenting the second half of the MXY show. So show them some support at technical-touch.com. Visit Technical Touch and feel like an MXGP rider. Actually, Lewis, before I go on to Glenn, I'm going to... Actually, I've been thinking about maybe I should get my bike over to Technical Touch because there was a photo of my bike which had a lot of comments about whether I need a diet or I need to get some suspension set up. Okay, I'm not sure why you've did mentioned you, did, that to me. Did you see that image? Did you see yeah. that image? Yeah. To be honest, you post so much on Instagram, and I'm kind of bored of your content now. Oh, wow. Is it because I yeah. ride? No, you ride just post die. a lot. Like, I don't see why. Like, you posted four photos in 12 minutes the other day, and I just wondered what your thinking was. Just get excited. Just go with the flow to the moment. Right, anyway, let's get back to Glenn, because I'm convinced that Glenn has done way more way, way more than you're saying, okay? James is making all fun of us. James did actually storm out because he was pissed off that Glenn hadn't won in 2018. Like, genuinely, that was not even fake. I've had to... No. This, that is what I have to deal with. I was, I was fucking adamant that I was right. And literally, I'm going to just break this here's down. The question, here's a question for you. How many GPs do you reckon Coldnoss won in his career? Honestly. Well, I know that now because I've just oh. looked, and that, and I actually, I'm, I'm really shocked. Yeah, because you would have said ten plus, wouldn't you? Oh, easily. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? It's almost like when everyone tells me that I'm just a dick and I hate people, that I'm right. Shocking. I've, I've, I've actually got to apologise because I was so, so. So when you were telling me at the beginning of the year that I was mental and hated Glenn because I didn't pick him as a contender for the title. Maybe I was right because he's won four GPs in his life. Yeah. Hmm. Funny, right? It's well, he's won three in MXGP and one in MX2. And one of those in MXGP was in 2015, so it's not even a recent thing that worth talking about. Or where it was in Latvia. It was in Latvia. I'm just speechless. So I've gone from zero to a hundred miles an hour in backing Glenn, and and now I'm back with my tail between my legs. Fuck's sake. I was, I was adamant he won in 2018. No one Geyser, Geyser didn't win in 2018. Who, who knew? Hurlings and Caroli were the only ones who won in 2018, and a sale, but that was only a flash in the pan one. But two of the wins I've seen have, have been him winning the Nations, which was Redbird and Assen. Yeah. Mm, funny, almost as if. So I, I, do owe, I, I, I owe you an apology. I apologise. Do you know what's also funny? His four GP wins, um, 2013 Matt Alley was the penultimate round, I believe. 
it was definitely August of the end, second half of the season. Uh, the two last year, second half of the season, and 2015 Kegums just into the second half of the season. Huh. That's odd. He's never won a GP in the first half of the season. Maybe Lewis is right when he bangs on about how he's always good in the second half of the season. Bizarre. Maybe everyone should tweet me and apologise for calling me a dick out for the last year. No, I don't know if we, should, we need to go that far. That's just been, you're just exaggerating, though. Yeah. But I, I've got to be honest, maybe I just got caught up in a bandwagon. Maybe I got caught up in a cold off show at the end of last year, and, you know, I've, I'm looking at rose-tinted glasses, obviously. That's what everyone does. Everyone got swept up in a nation's hype. Not even... There's no reason to talk about cold off more than you would talk about sewer. No reason. No. I, I'm, I'm, I, to be honest, I'm just shocked. I literally shocked. I was adamant. Ad, um, well, you heard. Well, you you heard. Out. I was adamant. I well, was very angry. But there we um, go. Fuck it. So. Well, right. I'm just trying to do a quick little. How many podiums do you reckon Koldenoff's had in his life? In MXGP. In MXGP, not including MX2. Well, I don't know what to say now because he's only had three wins. So I'm going to say five, oh, five podiums. Well, no, he's had ten. But still, okay. that's ten in five years. So an average yeah. of two a season. Hmm. Yeah. But he's going to win the title. Oh, let Hurlings versus Koldenoff. Who's going to take it? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not looking great. But imagine, though, if he goes out and wins all three races at Latvia. I wouldn't be. The thing is, I wouldn't be surprised, and everyone would come at me and go, "Oh, you're actually no." I would be surprised if he won all three. But if he wins a moto in Latvia, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying he's terrible and he's never going to win again. What I'm saying is he's not going to win in the fashion that everyone thinks he is. Everyone, it's just mental. You're all mental. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm mental as well because I just, I was just caught up. I was just caught up in the in the the Hoff wave. Well, but the waves, the waves not coming. It's more of a ripple. Look, we've talked about MXGP for years now. I'm going to speed this up. Right, cool. Who do you think needs to do something in MXGP? Prove themselves. Who do you think's got pressure, most pressure on their shoulders? Uh, e- easily, I believe the person going in um, to Latvia with the most amount of pressure is Olsen. Okay, and, and I, said, why... I, said, I said MXGP. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry, I thought you said MX2. No, that would be very odd of me to transition into MX2 like that. Oh, sorry, I thought you said we're moving on from MXGP. No, I said I'm wrapping it up quickly. Okay, so who's got the most pressure going into MXGP? Uh, I don't know what my answer is. What, as in performance this year? Just who's got the most to prove? Who has the most to prove? Who needs to prove something? Do you want me to give you my answer? Yeah, get this, I mean, this. you're just going to agree with my answer, but might as well. Uh, Tonus. Uh, I thought you meant like as in sort of the top top ten or something. Well, just everyone, all the riders deserve credit. Yeah, I think Tonus. I think Tonus. I believe his contract's up this year, and I think he's got a point. He's got to prove himself to keep that ride. I would say, or keep any ride. Obviously, he had a thumb injury at the start of the year, which hurt his results. So now's the time to prove that. He is that podium guy he was last year, and that wasn't just a flash in the pan. Yeah. Which he should be able to do, really. And maybe not podium, but he should be in the mix. If he's, if he's 
10th, 11th, 12th, that's a failure. Well, mm. yeah, okay. I was just thinking about, you know, speaking about like the pressure on for, uh, for the next three GPs. We've, um, we've had Sterry obviously switch rides from uh, JD Gunnex to, to Hitachi. And um, obviously, some things couldn't have been right there. Is there a little bit of pressure on him now? He's, I'm guessing he's got the machinery from, from KTM. So now, and he's got a, a good team around him, you know, British-based as well. So is there a bit of pressure on Sterry now to, to perform? No. I think he'll be fine in 2021. Okay. You just think it's a case of rookie year and just get some experience. Tonus is the one with the most pressure, I think. Next question. Who do you reckon's the, who do you reckon's the biggest underdog? No one's going to talk about them, but could be a surprise. Doesn't have to be a surprise podium. Doesn't even have to be a surprise top five. Just who's going to be a bit better than everyone expects. Well, can, can I rewind it back? No, um, not really. As, well, just another person we've not brought up. And the reason being is because, uh, pre like not pre-season, but this international series, we've seen that Vlanderen seems to be getting better and better. And it seems he seems to have made a bounce back on the um, on the Geben. Well, that would but, be, is that not your... Underdog, who's going to come out and surprise people? Yeah, I think he's going to do very well. Um, however, I'm a little bit concerned about his teammate, Thomas. Do you think he's, he's got pressure coming into MXGP now? Uh, proof being the pudding, I guess. We'll see what he's got this weekend. Okay. I um, Vlandering is a good one for underdog. Uh, yeah, he's, he's looking really good. I will, be go, I will go even deeper into underdog, though. Brian Bovers. What, because of his performance the weekend? I think he, no one is going to talk about him and he will finish top 12 at some point in Latvia and that'll be enough for everyone to go to fucking hell. Really? Yeah. But didn't he get like a second last year? It was in, a mud um, race. Shit weather, yeah. No one, no one thinks of Bogus as a, that level. No one even thinks of Bogus. Bit harsh. Well, it's true. I stand by it. Another person no one's talking about, Simpson, and he was podium potential at Vulcansoft. So maybe that's something. You, can you see? Can you see Sean doing well this over the next three rounds at Latvia? Well, it depends what define well. Well, do you, he's he's obviously looking to push top into 10? the top, yeah. top ten. Yeah, but this is mental. We're talking about the Simpsons, the Vlanderins, the Evans, the Jacobis, the Bogas, the Tonuses, the Patrells, all of these jokers, and. They, but all of those riders can get in the top 10. But to get in, well, I just use that to describe <laughs> that's, it. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Joe, well, in a way... <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going this weekend. In a way, they are the Jokers in the pack. Well, as in Jokers, as in they I don't really could know produce a, something? Or Jokers, as in shouldn't turn up? No, because all of those riders can get in the top 10. and But to do so... They've got to knock out either Hurlings, Geyser, Karoli, Fevra, Sua, Prada, Kaldanoff, Jasakonis, to Sal, Paulan. Which is going to... Uh, so some of these riders aren't going to be in the top 10, which is mental. Yeah, it is a stacked class, whatever way you look at it. I think it's actually more stacked than I realised after... Yeah. The, the top 20 is super strong. As, and there's not even really anyone missing, apart from Jonas. Lieber's back. I mean, you've not mentioned Van Horbeek as well. No, we talked about him. Yeah, I know, but you've not mentioned him in the top 10 at all oh. this week. 
in, yeah, in, see, in like, he could be top. Like, I think the mud at the start of the season made the results. Everyone just threw them out. But I think that the when we see all these riders in normal conditions and we realise that actually X rider is just straight up 16th, it'll be like, oh my God. Whereas when X rider was 16th for Vulcansard, it was like, well, it's muddy, isn't it? And it's terrible conditions. Like, you kind of just threw everything out. I think it'll be an eye-opener this weekend of just how deep this is. Yeah. That'd be good. Is there um, uh, one thing I was going to ask you, and I haven't been on MX Vice, but how's the injury list looking? Yeah, I need to work on that. There's quite a lot to... The Lieber's back. Evans is coming back from shoulder reconstruction. Leox got a beat-up leg, but is racing. Um, Jonas is out, obviously. Prado is not 100%, but should be okay. Yeah, I need to look at that. So it only looks like there's Pauls, who is going to be definitely out, but but the rest of the... the top guys. Okay. Yeah. And Artem Guriev? What about him? Is he is he there? We know that he was injured. Yeah, at the start he's on Jack Martin's under. Cool, but he's he's back from injury and in, in raring to go. He's on the entry list. He only had a concussion at the start of the year, if I remember right. Okay. Well, it's not c- concussions can be quite bad. Hope you get hope you well, Artem. Let's end MXGP because this has dragged on for way too long. Let's end MXGP with this. Who is give up? Give me okay. Let's look at it like this. Three rounds in Latvia. At the end of the three rounds, which MXGP riders would have scored the most points in Latvia? And spoiler alert, I will be awarding a triple crown winner over the Latvian weekends because I feel like that's something we might as well look at. Ooh, triple crown winner. I like that. Maybe we could, like, get a trophy. I mean, I doubt Hurlings will care compared to his many win bonuses. Ah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think... The top Some three. Can't buy. I think the top three point scorers in Latvia will be Erlin's guys. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh no, I'm not. I head says Caroli, heart says uh, Fevre. Mm. Mm. It's a bit, bit of a boring one that one, to be honest, mate. Yeah, well, it's hard. It kind of... It's this is where everyone goes on about how deep MXGP is, but at the end of the day, at the top. It's quite simple, whereas MX2 is at the top. Who knows? Like, there could be seven winners this year, eight winners, nine winners. MXGP, yeah, it's deep, but it's still quite self-explanatory at the very top. So you saying that uh, over three rounds, Jeremy Seawers is one of the most consistent riders, but is not going to be in the top three of, of, of points? Well, we're talking three races. It's not like everyone can be consistent over three rounds. It's not a slog. No, I've seen I've, I've seen some big ones in Latvia. I th- I think there's a that that track can get quite brutal. Just worth noting, uh, weather for Latvia, it's pretty much going to be 25, 26 degrees every single day. So over the week, so no worries about a mudder or anything. Nice. Uh, try not to get too many speeding fines. Okay. Got to get a pass Just... the Corona test first. Oh yeah, true. Anyway, your top three. Over the Latvia triple header. Uh, I'm going to go with Hurlins because there's no dispute there. Um, I'm going to go Crowley, then Geyser. Okay. I, I'd never really considered anyone other than 
Hurlings and Geyser for a top two. So that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think Tony's going to come out swinging. He is. He he in himself is a bit of an underdog at the moment because, like I said before, he hasn't raced at all. I don't think anyone really knows just how good he is at the moment, including me. I think if he's if he's over his injuries, then um, I think we're going to see it. We're going to and also again sign his contract. He's sorted for next year. I think he's just going to, you know, get get back to business. So MXGP done. Do you want to spice life up a bit with the even strokes? Are you smarter than a birth segment? Because I've got I've got the questions right in front of me now. So. Well, if you just want to break me today, then carry on. Well, I broke you earlier. Uh, whilst I was reflecting on um, Glenn Koldenoff, his performance and how he's let me down in my argument with Lewis, I did actually attend uh, Pearson View Bike Test Centre where I passed my theory for my road licence for riding a bike on the road. So that was good news. Are you going to get a Kawasaki Ninja? Uh, probably not, no. Uh, although very nice bikes, I will probably get a scooter. Oh, no, I'll probably just get like a bobber or something just to bob around. Okay, right, let's do the shit show thingy. Okay, moving on shit to thing. even stroke, eyes smarter than a birth. A five question quiz testing James's knowledge on the sport, and based on how this show's gone so far, we'll be lucky if he stays till the end of it. That American question last week, I listened back to that. That was bollocks. Okay. Do you mind? Do you mind? Well, you, can, you literally cannot let me host this segment ever. You, str- you really struggle to just give me these two minutes, don't you, to let me host it? Okay. Just carry on. This segment is presented by Even Strokes, uh, the newest arrival in the e-commerce game, but can cater to all your needs with a range of offers on Talon, Box, Yoko, One Gripper, Rentful, Motorex, and more. Uh, you can get a complete set of Yoko gear for $79.99 at the moment. Talon wheels for five ninety nine point nine nine, and a load of Fox casual wear at a discounted price too. Yes, deals. Uh, and also, this is kind of like helping us out because whereas we can't do discount codes with some sponsors, we can offer it through even strokes. So that's kind of like the way you support the podcast because some of those deals are off of the back of DMX Fire Show, if that makes sense. But anyway, no matter what you ride or where you ride, even strokes has you covered. Should we do this? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Question one. Name the two riders on Marchetti KTM this year. Uh, Bogus. Oh, this question was here solely to make you look like an idiot, and you got it. (laughs) Uh, I want to say Horgmo. Wow. One on the board. Come on. Uh, Question two. Yep. (laughs) Question two. Caleb Ward and Luke Stike both raced in MX2 briefly. Name the teams that either of them rode for. One of them. Just a team that either of them were on whilst racing in MX2. That's Caleb Ward and Luke Stike. Fuck's sake. Um, Do you know who either of them are? Yeah, Luke Stike. Aren't they Australian? Yes, they're both Australians. Okay, so... Caleb Ward and Luke Stike. Name... One of the teams, but one of them rode for whilst in GPs. I'm going to go with Asamoah Honda. That's wrong. Uh, Luke Stike rode for Kimia Yamaha and Caleb Ward rode for 8 Biano Husqvarna. 
Who? Oh, eight piano. Oh, yeah. I was never going to get that. That's fucking hard. Question three. In the history of the MX-1 MXGP class, dating back to 2004, there has only been one Spanish overall winner. Who was it? Since when? 2004. MX-1 slash MXGP. There's only been one Spanish overall winner in that class. Who is it? Who was it? Well, it wasn't fucking Boutron, was it? Spoiler alert, it's not Prado either. <laughs> um, Your 10 seconds is up, I need an answer. I fucking know. Jonathan Barragand. I even forgot he existed. Okay, brilliant. Uh, it's question four. Seven Belgian riders have won an overall in MX1 slash MXGP since 2004. Name four of them. Strybos. Yep. Desal. Yep. Two. You need two more. Um. Ten seconds. Oh fucking hell! Since two thousand four. Yep. MX one slash MXGP. Just name the Belgian riders that have won one overall. You've got to name four of them. Five seconds. Ever. Yep. One more. Four. Three. Fuck. Two. The buzzer. Eh. Oh, I can't think. Um, who did you say? You've got Strybos, Dassau, and Everts. Yeah. You could have had Cedric Malot. You could have had Kender Dijker. Kender Dijker. Yeah. You could have had Jeremy Van Horvick. Yeah, that would have been Andy. Or you could have had a 2007 world champion, Steve Ramon. Yeah. Probably could have, yeah. Well, at this point, there's uh, no chance of you getting winning this week. But one last question. Uh, there was an MXGP of Latvia last year. Are you aware of that? Yes. Okay, brilliant. Uh, that's not the question. Uh, name two of the riders who finished in the top five overall in MXGP at the MXGP of Latvia last year. You have uh, 10 seconds. I just want two of the top five. Okay, Jeremy Sewer. Yep, that's one. And Tim Geyser. That's correct. I mean, that was a very easy question, but you got it. How many points do I get this week? Two out of five. But hold on. There's a twist. Oh. Bonus question to win it all. Oh, yes. Get this right and you win the week for the first time in your life. Yes! David Philippart. Oh, fuck. Do you know him? Yes. Spell Philippart. <laughs> You're such a prick. Spell Philippot. Uh, okay. P H I L L. Is it just one L? Yep. I'll just see if you how you get on. L L A P P E R. Shagging letters now, ain't you? E A R T S. <laughs> I think what you spelt there was a Philip Parts. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this! That's a fucking stupid one. I thought I, was uh, I enjoyed writing that down last night. Fucking hell! Right, well, that two out of five, you. and you failed the bonus question. Yeah. It's, as I, as I say every week, it's a shit game. I get excited, and then I get brought down to earth. Bit much. It's a bit, bit like my life. 
We'd like to thank Fly Racing, Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Brox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. That was brought to you by Technical Touch. That part going to be. That part was, we're going to be taking a two-minute break, or five-minute in this case, and we will see you then. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 40 of the MX Vice podcast show. Good to have you guys with us this week. It's a little bit of a longer show just because uh, MXGP is starting again. There's a few things to talk about, a few arguments to have. As always, we'd like to thank Fly Racing, Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. If you didn't already know, I mean, we've not mentioned it many times on this podcast show, but Fly Racing have come on board. And this is obviously big for us because it's been uh, a tough old year and uh, it's great to have a company like Fly behind us. They have a new helmet out and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula's helmet's Overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet changed the game. Do you want to know something, Lewis? What? 
when I read weighing only 1,290 grams, I wanted to go into like Bruce Buffer and say, in the red corner. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Bruce Buffer is? No. Why would I know who Bruce Buffer is? Jesus. Does he rise? No. Not interested. Okay, so Bruce Buffer is the announcer for... Okay. Is he an is he announcer for that sport? No. Okay, maybe no. I would have cared it, slightly bit then. I, I'm actually gonna we're gonna work on this whole thing of you doing sports. Lewis does sports, and I think we should film it. I think we should actually film you participating. I think it'd be fucking brilliant. I wish I'd put more thought into what I was seeing during F1 because I could have done a full ten minute what I saw. Do you, do you know what you actually remind me of? What? You remind me of a motocross version of Carl Pilkington. I've heard that a lot. And I'm not surprised. Do you, what, do you, do you know Carl Pilkington, Rob? Yeah, and Rob's nodding. I actually think you are a motocross version of Carl Pilkington. But I just didn't understand Formula One. I just didn't understand it. Like, but oh, oh, the, the lights are green. That didn't make sense to me, first of all. I didn't understand Why, the whole... greens go. Yeah, but like, if I remember you know right, if I remember right, when they did the sighting lap, they had green lights then, and I was like, fuck me, the race is on. And then like, oh, this is a sighting lap. And then there was no like, it was like, oh, we're going, we're going again. And then like, no, oh, the race is on. And then after three corners, it's like, oh, the race is over. <laughs> I'm just glad I wasn't going for a piss during those first three corners because I would have missed it all. I- I'm just glad none of our sponsors are actually uh, in, in Formula One. Tell you so, what. T- t- tell us. Maybe those Formula One drivers could do with looking at a fly Formula helmet. Maybe. I bet it's better than the technology they're using. Maybe. I don't actually know. What helmets do they... Actually, no, we don't care about that. Right. We, we, we talked a little bit about them in last week's show. Uh, the MX2 guys. Um, let's talk about I tell you what, rather than talk about the whole MX, MX2, should we do predictions? Okay. Let's do predictions. Because we've talked a lot about MX2. Let's do predictions. Let's do top four instead of top three. What a random... Oh, God. You are the most random... Well, we what... could do top five. If you want to, <laughs> do you want to do top five? No, let's, let's do what we did before. Three rounds in Latvia. Who comes out... Who are the top three? In the Latvian triple header, when it's all said and done, who scored the most points at Kegums? Okay. It's easy in my uh, mind. Really? Mm. Okay. I think, I think Olsen's going to come out on top. I, I, yeah, I've got same. a good feeling. Yeah, same. I think Olsen's going to do well in all three rounds. So I'm going to go Olsen, Gertz, and... Van Moosdijk. I um I agree that Olsen will be first. I don't think Olsen will win on Sunday, though, because for some reason in my head, I feel like Gertz is going to come out and win on Sunday because he's got all the momentum and blah, blah, blah. And I think yeah. after having one race under his belt where he's on the podium, Olsen will build up to win the second and third lap years. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, if you're referring back to the whole power rankings thing of forum and variables and stuff like that, then Gertz has got basically everything going for him at the moment with his forum in, in confidence, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, so I think that will show itself this weekend, as in Sunday, but I think next week 
will be the Olsen show in NXT a little more. Two, two riders which I think will probably be sat at home kind of shaking their heads is going to be Watson and Beaton. I think both um, could do good things in Latvia. Shaking their heads? Yeah, possibly thinking that they're, they, they're going to be in the top three and not agreeing with us. And they could quite easily be. Actually, I, I never said my top three, did I? Uh, no, you didn't. You just said Olsen. Oh, okay. Uh, Olsen, Gertz, Watson. Interesting how both of us haven't said Vial. I'm, I, I don't understand his Arnhem results, and I don't understand why he didn't race at Axel when Hurlings and Hoffa did. Yeah. That's my... Um, that's my... I meant to send some messages, but I ran out of time because quite a lot going on with Corona. But when you look, when you actually like, I'm just looking at the list now and, you know, I'm looking at it for MX manager, but you've got Ashton Dick, Dickinson who won around at Hawkstone um, the weekend. <laughs> you've got, uh, what? you've got Usland, you've got Vassen, you've got Ferrato, Watson, uh, oh. Bailey Malkowitz, Jano. Muse, Toriani. I mean, that class is stacked. I just don't understand why you've listed Toriani and Dickinson in there. What's, ro- what's wrong with Dickinson? But, like, that's not someone to talk about when talking about how stacked MX2 is. No. Talk no, about no. Boirame. Talk about Harrop. Talk about um, Van Moostite. Talk about Basson. You, le- you didn't mention any of those, but you mentioned Toriani and Dickinson. You're going to be gutted if they go top 10, though. But that isn't like I don't you you are random like that. I don't get you. Okay, I don't I don't want you to. Boirami, Renault, Harrop. It's it just goes on. I was thinking about this the other day actually. This randomly hit me. Lagenfelder. We've not even talked about Jesus fucking Christ. This hit me um, yesterday. I genuinely don't. Renault does not. I've got a genuine issue with Renault entering my head. Because I'm pretty sure when I did those MX2 power rankings last week, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even mention it. There's a massive disconnect with me and considering Renault. I, I think there's a massive disconnect with you and, and a lot of things. I wouldn't just, like, just keep it I, d- I don't understand how. Like, it just does not enter my head at all. So. Yeah. Uh, I, t- to be honest, as much as, as much as MXGP is a chess match in, you know, people trying to acquire as many points as possible and everything else, and it's, it's tight in that top 20. MX2 is so wide open. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, you can... M- MXGP, yes, it's deep. Yes, it's wide open. But you can sit down and come up with a decent plan of how it's all going to go, I think. MX2, that's out the window. You can have... I don't think, like, it, it is going to change so much, I think, that... There won't be any, like, if you map it all out at the end of the season results-wise, I don't think there'll be any consistency there at all with... It's like, would, would it shock you if Van Moostike went out and got 1-1? One, one? Yeah. 1-1. One, one. It wouldn't shock me if he goes 2-3. It would shock me if he goes 1-1. One, one. What about if Watson went out and got a 2-1 for overall? That wouldn't shock me, because he almost pretty much did that at Arnhem. Okay, would it shock you if Vassen got on the podium again? Again? Sorry, when did he um was it was it Valkenswarder? Was it Matley? Um uh, he was almost on the podium and then he had a bike problem. Ah, okay. That would so, surprise that if if he gets it done, that would surprise me in the sense of, oh, he's got it done. But not in the okay. sense if you told me he's fast enough to get on the podium, I'd go, yeah, sure. 
if you told me he's actually got it done, I'd be like, oh, fucking hell, we got it done. That makes sense. What about Lagenfelder getting a third overall? That's a way off. You think? 16 years old. But you don't think, you think it's a bit too much for him to get a, a podium at the moment? Yeah, like that. Well, maybe at the end of the year, but right now, it's you got to walk before you run, can't you? But then again, maybe what about Harrop? maybe he's picked up a lot of Lagenfelders in his time off. <laughs> but what? But what about Harrop? What about Brarami? Both of these could, both of those could podium. Yeah, well, Harrop's already done it. I don't think. Yeah, Bra, Bra, Bla, bloody hell, Brarami. Bra Rame, bra, bra, why can't I say it? I've got actually quite good at saying it lately. Bra Rame could. I my opinion, my stock opinion of Bra Rame is that he will be on the podium, but not in Latvia because of the surface. But then again, he was very good at Axel, so I don't know if I'm a bit off on that. I'm like, yeah. I, if I get proven wrong, then I'm not going to be like insulted and be like, what's this? I, this doesn't make sense to me but in my, my my stock opinion without giving it too much thought is he won't podium on the soundtrack turkey and faenza sure because he got one podium at tushintal and they're not that well turkey is but faenza isn't really that different to tushintal so I, I i'm really excited about mx2 it's, it's a class which i you know anything can happen there's there's 10 15 riders there who could possibly jeremy um, sado he's worth talking about Yep. Also, little under the radar thing. Uh, We've Mitchell, even about Hoffer. Mitchell Harrison's obviously gone home. Yep. Under the radar on the entry list for Latvia, um, Lorenzo Lucercio is listed as Bud Racing in EMX 250. So I'm guessing he's his replacement. And if you, those of you with a keen memory, will remember that when Harrison first got the gig, it was going to go to Lorenzo, but he had visa problems or something. So it ended up going to Harrison's. So I guess there's no visa problems this time because Lorenzo was racing at um, the French Championship at the weekend. But I am confused why they chucked him in EMX 250 because he's a good outdoor rider. Didn't Was he the guy who we watched at Paris? Did he do the Supercross? I don't think so. Oh, am I confused? Okay. I can't really remember anyone doing a Supercross like that. Yeah, so, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, you sound a bit yeah. downbeat. Maybe no, you did. I can't and... really remember. I'm trying no, to think. Oh, you're thinking of Enzo Lopes. No, no, no. I know. Of, oh. I know of Enzo Lopes. I was just thinking of Lucrezia. Like, um... well, last year Bud racing at Paris was Sanai and Enzo Lopes. Unless you're thinking oh. further back than that. No, don't worry. We'll move on. Tell you who we haven't mentioned. Who? Ferrato. Well, I kind of, I did kind of mention him at the start. If, and, did you? and again, it would. Yeah, I don't think it would. Again, if he podiumed, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a shocker. I, I, I've kind of got the same problem that I have with, with Renault as I do with Ferrato. I know you do. I just I doesn't do. doesn't register with me at all. Like it's weird. Does not if you got me in a room in an hour and went name as many MX2 riders as you can. Renault and Ferrato probably wouldn't enter my mind, and I don't know why. Because Renault's fourth in the championship and was third at Volkenswagen. Who would have thought? Yeah. The, uh, the the thing is though, is he's easy to forget. I mean, Jesus, what was it? March, literally March. We're we're in August. We've not had a race. It's crazy. Another thing, as well as working out like the Latvia triple header results, I'm excited at the end of the year 
to add up the championship standings without Matali and Volkensword? Because technically, that isn't really part of this championship, is it? Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> that's a different thing. So I'm interested to see how different the results will be if you take those events out of it. Yeah. That's uh, a little, it's, it's, another little uh, thing. Weird. Interesting to see. Also, uh, Bailey Malkowicz, sorry, not Bailey Malkowicz, Mike Wazowski, yeah. and Nathan Crawford. Nathan Crawford, yeah, the team 114. Like Nathan Crawford, Bailey Malkowicz, Mal- fuck. Mike Wazowski. Uh, from now on, I am calling him Mike Wazowski, and I mean Bailey Malkowicz. Just okay. so we're clear. Um, Mike Wazowski had an... I, I want to say he had an ACL injury at the start of the year that he was riding through. But I don't know if it was that. I'm struggling to remember. I think that's what I'm thinking. He'd had something. Which, so he d- hasn't really shown much so far. He only scored points in the second moto at Volkenswald. I think he got... Um, I want to say he got 12, 13th. Either way. Uh, but Nathan Crawford did actually show some stuff. So he could be really good. And again, Latvia isn't your Lommel where you're like, well, these newcomers, they're screwed. Like, they're not going to get anywhere close to anything. Kegums is a track that I think these guys can have a little bit of a, make a stand on. Yeah. Um, and also people like Horgmo as well. He, he should do quite well. Horgmo? Yeah. Horgmo is the one with the pressure on him. Because what was that start of the season? Especially after what we've seen he was, when he was mixing MX2 in um, EMX the year before. And we've seen some of his performances. His start to the season was not what he's capable of at all. So if he continues in that fashion of 19th, 18th, I'm going to be scratching my head big time. Because he is a top 10 guy, or can be on occasion. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that might be my number one um, thing to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? okay? I feel like you've fallen asleep a little bit. No, no, I'm good. I'm just listening to you. Uh, before, and, and it's good to finish that off because I, I'm kind of, I'm over MX2 now. I just want to oh, get racing. I want to get racing. I just want to watch it now. I'm excited. I'll tell, one thing I want to talk about quickly. Yeah. I've gone on about Gertz and Vial's consistency. Uh, Vial kind of proved me right with Arnhem. Gertz is on a roll of, uh, he swept all four motos of Dutch racing the last two weeks. He won the last Czech championship round he done. So in theory, he's coming into Latvia with one 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 one. I yeah. I'm not there yet to say I, I'm still convinced that his consistency will let him down. I don't think he's going to be a consistent winner from here on out. Really? But, well, define consistent winner, I guess. Okay. Do I think he's gonna he will he win? Well, how many rounds have we got left? I think there's 16, so, so 14 left. Will he win six of them? Yeah. But I also will think... Will he there... win 10? No. I think there will be a mix of bad results. Okay, but is that down to him or is that down to the competitors? I just, think, I, I, I just don't I, think he's I, got I, it in him yet to be that consistent winner. That's all. But also, I think that when you start to look at that list, I think there's... I think there's 10 people there who could potentially win. Yeah, I guess it... Uh, that's actually a hard... Um... So it's not... It's, it's, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think it's, the onus is on him. He's not like a dominant Prado. There, there's other people within that class. No, but equally, I think, as, as I've said many times, I think that Olsen's consistency will beat him out because I don't think 
okay, yeah, you can't expect any of these guys to dominate, but Olsen's at least got a head on him that means he will knock out the results that are needed to battle for a championship. Yeah. Whereas Gertz, I think, will go 1-7-1-12 random. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, like taking everything into account, he was miles down in that second race at Volkenswagen and got back to seventh. But then would that happen on a dry day? See, we have so many questions. Those first two rounds are irrelevant, in really. Because there's so many questions still coming from them. The, the most important thing of the three GPs in Latvia, because it, within a week, we're going to be five rounds in. So within a week, we're going to be five rounds in. And I think it's, it's so important for people to remain calm and just try and collect as many points as possible without freaking, you know, like damage limitation in the first three rounds. They need to be competitive, but at the same time, it needs to be damage limitation. Because if they can get out of the, the top three that get out of Latvia, are going to be five rounds down and, and they're going to have some good points on the board. Yeah, but I don't, I don't buy into that. We've talked about that loads, haven't we? We had a lot of questions on that. I don't buy into the whole, what is the strategy going to be? Like, race is a race at the end of the day, isn't it? As proven again, uh, by Hurling's his heart rate at Axel. Like, if right. there's one place to keep it cool, it's there. So imagine how all guns blazing it will be at Latvia. Yeah, true. Uh, by the way, mine was at 177 at Marshfield. So, uh, mm. just, just so yeah. you know, yeah. Mental. Yeah, and uh, that was just me being calm. Oh. So, yeah, just 177. It's a bit of, bit of an athlete. Oh, right. Uh, well, not calm. But, yeah. Anyway. Who's got, who's got the most to prove in this class? I think I've already said it with Horgmo. Um, would you say Conrad? I, would you say Olsen and Watson because of needing an MXGP ride? Yeah. I, 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 if, if out, out to prove people, I, I think Olsen and Watson, but for different reasons. I think Olsen because he needs to stamp his authority on the championship. If he wants to be a world champion, he needs to come out swinging in the first three rounds and basically throw down the gauntlet to everybody else to say, right, it's, it's your job now to beat me because I'm going to be here or hereabouts all season. And I think for Watson, it's kind of forget what's happened so far. It's all about now. And the pressure is going to be on Watson because it's all going to be what he can do from now till probably about the next six races to show what he can do for an MXGP ride next year. I still think that Kawasaki need to sign one of them. I might yeah, I think... pitch that in Latvia. Well, you can unless you um, put a request in to speak to them two days before. Yeah, two days before is a bit much. Well, this is, I was going to say to you, this is going to be interesting because I know that you're going and you're, you're really looking forward to catching up with people. But if that's the, so if, for people who don't know, we had an email from Kawasaki to say, that their teammate members, mechanics, riders, anybody, if the media would like an appointment, they're basically closing off hospitality, closing off basically their truck. And if you want to talk to riders, you have to give two days notice to get an appointment. Now, if everybody else is going to follow this suit, which usually sometimes um, within MXGP, one person does something and everybody copies, how is this going to affect the week? Because well, I don't want to my, do a Zoom my... interview with Bever or DeSalle. Like... Well, my my question with this, um, which I think is answers everything, is 
everybody pretty much stays in the same hotel. So, okay, they've got this this social distancing or whatever at the um, at the track, but there's no possible way. What so? What are you going to do? Is 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 Fevra going to walk into a lift and you're not allowed to go into a lift? It was the same as Supercross. That's just the way it goes. You've got to play by the book when you can. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone, it's, the media weren't allowed in the pits and no one was allowed to mingle in between team trucks, but everyone went mountain biking together. Like, there's no point even talking about that. It's just the way the, know, just the, way the world is. I know. It's, and it's just nuts. It's like, I understand you've got to have rules in, you know, it's peace. It's just bollocks. It's bollocks. Anyway. But yeah, good luck with that next week yeah I'm, uh, once again I'd just like to say I'm really not sure how post-race podcasts and things are going to go I'm putting some contingencies in place like I'm taking a mobile podcast setup, so maybe I won't get any interviews at the track but I'm thinking it might be quite good if I do an hour podcast with different rider every day so like I was thinking it might be good to do a proper podcast with Jed Beaton about growing up in Australia coming over here with car glass on the that sort of stuff so I'm going to try my best to do some different stuff, but I really have no idea. It's hard to plan because I really have no idea how it's going to go. Okay, let's move on. Next segment, Liat, ask Vice anything. Did you know that Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it's highly adjustable to fit riders at all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Lewis? You read the questions. Remember, we've been doing this for three weeks now. I was just about to say to you, Lewis, I'm going to read the questions. Of course you are. Okay, so are you ready? Yep. At Aaron Azza 22 why are Suzuki so behind on bike technology and basically have no factory team? Go, Lewis. I don't know why I put this in because who knows I'm struggling to differentiate between whether they don't have a factory team because of the Everts fallout or if the Everts thing had gone swimmingly whether they would still have a factory because I think they would if the Everts thing had all gone to plan I kind of feel like that would still be going so I don't think they haven't got a factory team in Europe because they just aren't interested in MXGP I think it's just they found themselves in a situation where there wasn't an easy answer Perhaps. Yeah, and the, and basically that the option which they felt was best for them. Whereas the common thing is that they don't have a team in MXGP because they don't care about racing anymore, which I think is true to an extent as proven by their modifications to the new bikes and what they've got going on in America. But I don't necessarily think that's fully the reason why they haven't got a team in Europe. No. Why are they so far do... behind on bike technology? Who knows? Because KTM are releasing factory edition 50s now. <laughs> the, the KTM 50 is almost is more advanced than the RMZ 450 so what are you going to do yeah I think what what we will see is there, there was a there was a change in president um, I believe at Suzuki so I think we're going to start to see some some changes there over the next um, couple of years but it's not going to be you know straight away it's going to take years for them to um, to, to kind of like may, maybe catch up but uh yeah, so I'm a massive fan of the brand. I love Suzuki bikes just as much as I like Kawasaki. So it's a real shame to that, that they're not as progressive as they once was. Mm. At MX Quantum, who do you think is taking the 2020 MXGP Championship? That's an easy one. 
I'll still go with Herlin's. Been there all. I've said it all along. I'm. I have no reason to change yet. Yeah, me too. Um, sorry, that was short and sweet. At Greeno fifty six, when is there going to be an MX Vice app? Ooh, good question. Do people want an MX Vice app? Like we kind of led by you on this. If people want an MX Vice app, we'll do one. But if no one's art, like Greeno, you're the first one to ask for it. Yeah, that's a that's a real good point because um. Up to this, I think if there's if there's certain things which you think are lacking on MX Vice or or what we do, including me being a host, then um, definitely you guys need to be vocal about it. So if there's if you guys want an app and enough people say we want an app, we'll go and build an app. That that's not a problem. If you guys um, want to do something like you you guys have to tell us. We we definitely rely on your feedback with this sort of stuff because. Uh, Obviously, we look at analytics and all that sort of stuff, and, and, and we change the site as, you know, as best we can to like user preferences and stuff like that because of the data tells us. But sometimes we just need good old common sense and people coming forward and saying, actually, um, I'm now using apps more than I'm using going to websites. It would be very handy. Same goes for content from the GPs. If you want to see something specific from Latvia or something specific from a certain rider, we'll get it done. But you've got to say. Cool. Uh, at Kieran Moss 16, if Dylan Walsh has a good season on the 450, could we see him get a factory ride in MXGP? Show some pretty decent pace at Hawkstone with zero prep. First of all, Dylan Walsh was bloody impressive at Hawkstone. Like, I can't believe how good he was. That was insane. Factory ride, no. But I think he can throw his hat in the road. Hat in the, hat in the road? Hat in the mix? <laughs> Ring. Ring, that's it. Hat in the yeah, ring. in the ring with Bruce Buffer. I think he can throw his hat in the ring for a D, for a 450 ride at a smaller team in GPs if he's going to ride like that. But the teams aren't going to look at the British scene for a rider. He needs to get to local GPs and prove himself there because no team is going to watch the MX Nationals and be like, yeah, that's where we're going to pick our next rider from. No. No, it's a real shame because, um, yeah, by the looks of it, He's looking pretty good on a 450. So um, you, you could definitely see that he'd be a, a good one for somebody like Geben or something like that. I'll tell you what, I wanted to say this. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Van Donick looks really good at the moment, and he it would have been very interesting if he had got a fill-in ride for Jonas. True. Like, I yeah. think we got asked that a few weeks ago and said there was no one really possible, but Van Donick would have actually been a great option. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he would have been because he's on the same machinery as well. Exactly. Cool. Cool. Okay. At Ryan G437, what effect will the five-month break have on silly season? Will we just get a delayed version of what we would normally see, or will the delay make it harder for some riders to secure rides in 2021? Well, no one's going to have it harder than Max Anstey, are they? What do you mean? Because 2012, you know, 2019 going into 2020 season, that was terrible for Anstey. If Anstey can't get a ride in MXGP, it's got to be better than that. It can't I get any worse I have that. no idea where that's come from. Literally no idea where you, why, where you plucked that out from. Well, I'm just basically that's not even part of the question at all. I know, but I'm putting it into comparison. A silly season like last year compared to, you know, what silly season for next year is going to be. Yeah, but that was for this just year for next year. That was just because of the contract situation. No one was up last year. Everyone's up this year. Yeah, so I don't. I don't think it's going to be as as hard as we think this year. My because... one fear 
is that teams are just going to settle with what they've got because it's the easiest thing to get through this year. And just like maybe they maybe they were thinking about going a different route with a different rider, but I kind of worry that they'll go. Meh. We'll just let's just stick with this for another year and we'll figure it all out at the end of next year. Because I could kind of see now being the time not to rock the boat and make any drastic changes, wouldn't you think? No. No, I, I think I, I think there's a lot of I think as a team owner or a, a, a team manager, you quite quickly understand from the rider whether you can work with them or you can't. So as the, you know, they and they've obviously spent a lot of time together over this this period. Um, I think they would. There's going to be some team managers out there. Our team team owners are going to be. I can't wait to get this season done and dusted, and we start afresh with new people next year and get the buzz back and da da da. da. And there's going to be other people what have actually gone. Do you know what? I really like this guy. I believe in him. Da da da. So I think people have probably been through some dark moments um, during lockdown and COVID and stuff like that. And it's very hard to not see people's true colours. So. Um, as the saying goes, the strong survive. So I'm guessing that a lot of team people will be kind of like either cutting down the days to the end of the season and getting some new people in, fresh blood, or literally maybe your scenario of, okay, this if, they, if they'd done what they'd done this year, then actually next year it could be even better. You know what we haven't really talked about? That Monticelli seat could be a good one for either Olsen or Watson. Could be. I've but... got if Monticelli gets re-signed at Standing Construct, I will scratch my head slightly well, because it's... now they're a factory team. Like Monticelli's, don't get me wrong, Monticelli has exceeded expectations since he's been at Standing. Way better than anyone thought. Amazing stuff. He's still not a factory rider in MXGP, and that is a factory seat now. And True, you've, but... got, you've got to think now that they're a factory team, they've got the budget to maybe go for a Watson or an Olsen. But have they? Well, you think so, but until you, you find out behind the scenes, like literally, is it a case of that money helps fund the team for a year or pays the first person's wages or so on? Or is it that KTM are given or Gas Gas are KTM group, are, you know, given that factory team enough money to go out and get two, you know, riders of that caliber to be on a factory? This, these are the questions. So Gas Gas might be looking at it thinking, oh, this is a great way of of starting gas gas, it keeps our money down to a minimum because standing are, you know, still quite self-sufficient. I just think that you've got to give, I just think that the DeSalle seat and the Monticelli seat are probably the most likely landing spots on factory teams for those two riders. And what about Yamaha? I don't really know. Like, I could see Yamaha just sticking. Like, first of all, are Yamaha still going to have three riders? Yeah, I think Yamaha will have three riders, but I, th- I can definitely see um, maybe two of them moving. What? That, well, Sue was under contract. Do you mean Paul Ann and uh, Tonus? Yeah. I don't know, because Paul Ann's still solid. He's not that old. And I realise I'm probably contradicting myself because he's pretty much the same boat as DeSalle. But yeah, I think... and compared to what you said at the start of the show. <laughs> yeah, and he's done more than he's done more than DeSalle. Uh, he's done less than DeSalle's done more than him, what I'm trying to say. Okay, but what but the the thing which I would say is um look at an Olsen or a Watson and how much they're gonna command money compared to Paul Ann. Well that is a point. And like I've said over and over with Kawasaki, at some point you've got to start building for the future. You can't expect the future to just land in your lap. 
And I, I think that is going to be... I can't wait to run a team. No, 20, 2021 is going to be the crunch with what riders stay and what riders go because there's going to be these young, younger riders which are going to want an opportunity. They know that they're not going to be able to come in and, and ask for the figures that they could command in MX2 um, because they were in for title hunts. But they're willing to take a little bit less to be able to get a good ride because they know the money will come. After my speeches about what teams should do for next year, I would be shocked if I don't get offered at least five team manager positions this weekend. <laughs> right, let's move on. I would actually be insulted. Let's move on. Tony Saunders, any updated prices for MX Manager? We do. By the, by the time you hear this, they will be up. I'm halfway through uploading them, but there's quite a lot of stuff to do with it. So. There we go. Uh, thanks, Tony, for purchases uh, this week. Appreciate the support on even strokes. Uh, Matt Jones, will the teams that usually do both MXGP and British commit to both this year? As if they do, it will be seven meetings in four weeks. Well, RFX are a Husqvarna UK team, so they have to. Simpsons budget major uh, more, what's the word? Simpsons budget mainly comes from KTM UK, so he has to be there. Yep. Hitachi, KTM UK, have to be there. And that's it, isn't it, as far as GP yeah. and British crossover? So everyone's got to be there. It's not that, like, there's a weekend off between Latvia and Fox Hill, so. But the one thing that I am interested to find out is Fox Hill is on August the 31st, the second one, and Turkey is on that Sunday. So for a rider like Simpson with less resources, how does he get the bike, box van and everything to Turkey in those five days? Does he have? Is, he, is it just a case of swing the bike in the back as quickly as possible after Fox Hill and then get on the road? Or well, that's your first question when you hit Latvia. Yeah, I was going to text that's him. But I I'd <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you need. To find I know out. that he hasn't decided whether to ride. Uh, he hasn't decided whether to drive to Latvia. Uh, bloody hell! I can't. I'm getting my countries mixed up. I know he hasn't decided whether to drive to Turkey or ship the bikes, but I'd imagine same problem either way. No. Uh, yeah, I would have thought it'd be... Unless he's I just going to ride a practice bike at Fox Hill and then ship the race bike early to Turkey. Uh, I don't know. And there's no reason why he, he's probably not got a spare race bike for a British. Yeah, true. Well, I'm just saying a thought. Okay, well, you need to find out the answers. I will. Phil G, do you think these guys are going to treat Latvia as a six-moto weekend? knowing that a DNF crash in the first one could rule them out of the whole deal? Or do you expect someone to throw it down from the first gate drop? Which is what I kind of intimated to earlier. I just think everyone's going to throw it down from the first gate drop. Because think... you can't, at the end of the day, I guess the best way to sum it up is if you're going to ride at this level, you can't ride in fear of tweaking an ankle or in fear of, having something happen because at that point you're never going to be the, one of the greats because you've got to switch off haven't you you've got to switch off go for it and then whatever happens happens you can't if the second someone gets too much in their head and rides around thinking oh god oh can't can't dab my knee can't blah 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 that's when it's kind of screwed yeah i, I can't I, I i agree but i i do however think that 
is someone willing to crash their brains out for two points or stay in a position and know that they've still got that to go Wednesday and then the Sunday after? Yeah, but that's I in my mind that's a different conversation because with that you're talking about uh say five laps to go and Hurlings is deciding whether to throw down to catch Geyser or just settle for second. In that point, yeah, that happens all the time where someone settles for a result. But to settle from the moment the gate drops and be like, I'm happy with a tenth, let's just not tweak a knee. I that's that's just dangerous ground. If the second you start thinking like that, it's over. Okay. Uh, first can, two questions. Oh, oh, go on. You've not finished. Carry on. Oh no, I was just going to say that was where my career never went anywhere because club races. <laughs> I was just riding around thinking to myself. But weren't you Phillips the whole shot king? No. Oh. Yeah. Was that just on your last appearance? Yeah, I just a whole shot my last race for the first time in my life, and then I dropped the mic. Just went out on a high. As well as everything else. Okay. First of two questions from uh, Chris Matthews. If the main contenders are Hurlins, Crowley, and Geyser, who do you think will be fourth? Hoff or Prado? It will be Prado eventually, but while he's still getting back in shape and everything, I'll say Fevra for Latvia. You? Oh, I hate to agree with you, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I think from what we've seen in the, uh, you know, in the international races, but I wouldn't rule out Jazakonis. I genuinely wouldn't rule out Jazakonis as putting in some strong rides in um, in Latvia. No, oh, neither would I. But his I, his starts still worry me a tad. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I just not I not just, that they were a problem in um, Volkenswagen, but again, that was ages ago. Like if I have a if I have a quick little look here, uh, he was 14th on the first lap of the first moto at Axel. And in the second race, he was. Can't actually see him on this list. He was 16th. So starts are not, not are not going well. But then again, he might have. I'm not sure if he got caught up in that crash in the second moto. But still, that's that's two two races, two uh, samples. So, yeah. But that's okay. always been his caveat. And another thing to consider. A very interesting thing to consider. Latvia massively favours the inside gate, and we've only got one session of qualifying, so that could that could be the game changer over the three races. Because if someone qualifies poorly at all three, they're immediately on the back foot. Okay, that's a good point. Don't don't get me wrong. We have seen the whole shot come from say seven gates in at Latvia, but if you're going to qualify eleventh, which as we've said, MXGP is so stacked that some people will you're kind of up against it. And although we've seen the whole shot come from 7th, 8th gate at points, Latvia's the type of start where being on the inside, whether it's a good start or a bad start, you can tuck around there and come out all right. So a lot riding on qualifying over the next week. There we go. You, you heard it here first. Lee Williams, are the teams that are, going, are doing the British Championship going to miss the second Sunday in Latvia to be able to quarantine for 14 days before Fox Hill? Some big hitters doing both championships, asking for a friend cheers. As of last weekend, it was announced that you can come back from Latvia and not quarantine anymore. So happy days. Happy so days. At the moment, but that could change. But at the moment, we're all good. Now it'll be fine. Okay. Kieran Moss, 16. Lewis, 
Who finishes one, two, three in MXGP and MX2 at round one? If none of them end up being correct, you have to <laughs> you have to have a day off and ride with James. <laughs> well, I'm pretty certain that one of these will be correct. Um, well, no, according to this, uh, Kieran Moss is basically saying you've got to get it right unless you're coming riding with well, me. No, I've only got to get one of them right. Lewis, who finishes one, two, three in MXGP and MX2 at round one? If none of them end up being correct... If none of them end up yeah. being correct, meaning you have to if out. I get zero correct, I have to go riding. But if I get one correct, it's fine. Okay, I'm feel pretty safe in saying Hurlings first this weekend. I'll, I'll go Hurlings, guys, at Caroli because I don't think there will be much upset this weekend. I think that will come later on. Uh, MX2, Gertz, Olsen, Watson for this weekend, and I think the second one, Olsen wins. Okay. So okay. write that down. We'll see how right. We'll see if I can get one of those right. Don't worry about it. We've recorded it. Okay, brilliant. Okay, Chris Matthews. When was the last time the MXGP Old Two Fifty class was this stacked? Hurlins has the edge, but any of the top five could win. We, we've we've talked about this a few times on the show today. We've talked the about it in previous is, shows. The class this year is awesome, and we yeah. knew that. We knew that going into it because JWR couldn't register a second rider because the OATs were full. So we knew going into this year that that it was it's an unprecedented year. Yeah. Would I say that any of the top five could win? In the right circumstances, yeah. In two fifty class. What? No, no, he's talking about MXGP. No, he's saying MXGP and old, oh, old 250 class. Yeah, as in pre-2004. Okay. Would I say any of the top five could win in the right circumstances? As far as an all-out battle, anyone they can win have a straight-up shot at it? I'm not so sure. I don't... No, because... I, I don't know, because Fedra and even Prado, depending on how good conditioning he is in, and Koldenov even, if one of those three hole shots and your hurlings and guys is a sixth and seventh, then maybe they could make that happen. But you're not going to have your... If hurlings, guys, are Caroli, Coldenoff, Fevra come out of the gate top five, then I don't see Fevra or Coldenoff winning in that situation. But that wasn't the question. When was it last this stat? Tell you what, this really shines a light on how weak it was in, say, 2012, 2013. Because if I, if I actually go back to the first ever GP in Latvia, which was 2009, and reel off the top 10 in MXGP, I think it's quite shocking. Well, not shocking, but compared to now. So, yeah, go back to the first GP in Latvia. Uh, MX1, as it was called then. Yeah. Seventh overall. Agar Leop. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Agar? Agar? Who cares? Uh, Eighth, Manuel Preen. Ninth, Carlos Campano. Thirteenth, Gregory Aranda. The field is clearly so much more stacked now, 11 years on. Like, it's really come around. Like, even if you look, 16th, Loic Leonce. 17th, Ivo Steinbergs. 18th, Brian McKenzie. 19th, Rob Van letters there's a lot you just the top 
15th back at this point is so much more stacked. So it has come a long way lately. That Brian McKenzie, 2013, was he riding for a fill-in for Steve Turner then? Oh, 2009. No, it wouldn't be then. That was after. Uh, I believe he was a fill-in for Cass Honda at the time. Ah, Cass Honda, okay. I feel like 2005 was quite stacked, but then that might be just because I like 2005. Let's have a quick look. Yeah. No, 2005 was quite stacked. Everts, Coppins, Townley, Ramon, Keyshawn, Smets, Barragan, Lure, Dodaika, Noble, Leop, Jorgensen, Atsuta, Strybos, Paul Cooper, Jussi Vervelainen, Manuel. Like, that's not on the level that it is now, but that's not a bad field. Not bad, yeah. But Especially yeah. if you look at the top, that at that time, Everts, Coppins, Townley, Ramon, Pichon, Smets even. It was tough to pick a winner out of those six. Like That wasn't one of the seasons where Everts just reeled off win after win, no problem. I like the 2005 season. But I think we're right in, in saying that this year is, is unprecedented. Yeah, this is, a, this is the most stacked it's ever been, no doubt. Cool. Okay, last question. At bar411 underscore, Lewis, did you see Cyril's comment on Dylan Walsh's Instagram about the UK having a lot stronger championship compared to the US and how the US would be a step backwards? Would you agree? Tommy's comment was the most sarcastic thing <laughs> you would ever see, you would ever find in your life. I'm trying to find it now, but I, can't. I did see it at the time. I'm trying to find I, it. I, I can re- oh, here we go. Tommy so, Cyril being sarcastic. That's, that's, yeah, I don't understand. So, um, I have a post uh, end of last week saying, unfortunately, no real opportunity came up to race outdoors in the USA. However, I'm super thankful to have the opportunity to race in the UK. And Tommy commented, a lot stronger championship over here in the UK, mate, to be honest. A step back race in AMA. Very sarcastic, a complete <laughs> joke. No one thinks that. It's all fine. Everyone is well aware that America has a deeper field than the British Championship. There we go. Sarcasm meter should have been off the charts for that one. Yeah, he do, he does uh, he does like his banter. Right, are we going to award a T-shirt this week? Uh, I was going to say I did have someone in mind, but I can't remember who. I feel like Aaron Aaron Azar twenty two sends in questions every week. So I feel like yeah, I feel like he deserves one. Okay. Right, Aaron, you're the winner of the MX Vice T-shirt. Hold on. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've just looked. The bar 411 replied to Tommy's comment saying, LOL, okay. And Tommy just replied to him, glad you agree. So clearly, bar 411 did not get the sarcasm because he even contended, oh, okay. contested Tommy over it. Okay. So just to clarify, Tommy was joking. So T-shirt out to Aaron Azza, 22. If you can let us know your size, Aaron, that would be great. And uh, we'll get that over to you. Do we want to s- talk quickly before we leave about MX Manager this? <sighs> yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. It's going to be open when, Lewis? By the time you listen to this. By the time you listen to this podcast show, get your asses over to MX Vice. Is it MX hyphen MX Manager? Uh, MX hyphen manager. MXvice.com slash MX hyphen manager. And there you will be able to sign in, choose your team, everything else. If you haven't signed up, you need to do so. Um, it's a fun game. If you would like to win various 
prizes which are available, then you will need to purchase uh, a premium version, which is £12 for the rest of the year. You will be in for uh, a draw for a bike and just so many prizes and everything else, what we've got, which is absolutely fantastic from all our sponsors. We've got prices here, Lewis. Yep. Do you want to run through them? Uh, yeah, I've added, a, I've added a different component to it again here. Jesus Christ. Before, the prices went up in 50s. Okay. Now, they go up in 25,000, meaning that there's a lot more thinking to it because there's, in some cases, like you can do a lot more with your team, I think, with the smaller price increases from rider to rider. So, like, okay. so you've got Jeremy Van Horbeek at 325,000. Whereas normally he would be three hundred thousand, like so. It just it just made let me give more realistic prices on each rider, and I think okay. it would make it a bit of a better game because I think it will uh, switch up the picks a lot more. I'm liking Vlanderen for two hundred thousand. Well, I've added a couple of, I've added a couple of what would you call them herrings, red herrings. Yep. What's that? Uh, are you on about you? you what, kind what, of... what does it mean when you say you've added a red herring? To try and trick people. Okay, I've done that because okay. Mitch Evans is at three hundred thousand. Great price for Mitch Evans, but he's coming off of that shoulder reconstruction, and we have no idea what he's going to be like. So worth the risk, maybe, but not quite Same sure. With Prado, what. exactly. Prado three fifty. Well, no, Prado's the opposite. That's. Do you think? Well, the thing with Prado is, okay, he's not a one hundred percent, and he's coming off of a collarbone injury, but. He was further away from 100% at the start of the year, and he was still really good at Volkenswald. So, although he says he's not 100%, which he isn't, and he's coming off of another injury, which he is, I still think he will do well enough to justify that 350,000. It's just not a slam dunk. I'm kind of liking Buarami at 325. Okay, we're on MXGP at the moment. I'm just going for MX2 prices. Oh, okay, now. yeah, we'll get there. I mean, you've. Okay. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. Okay, if you want to stick to MXGP first, then that's absolutely fine. I mean, we were talking about it. I was literally talking about Prado. So, okay, Tonus isn't a bad shot at two fifty. No, but again, we don't really have any data so far that proves that he's going to be great. Lupino um, at one fifty. I would take a punt on Lupino at one fifty. If I was taking a punt, I Jacobi might go seven five. I might go Sterry at one two five. Oh yeah, that's a that's a bargain. I might. I... You could actually get three riders around about those price marks in MXGP, and then it's been so long. But I can't. Like, I can't actually remember when we introduced this. But I'm pretty sure for this year we introduced that you can have as many riders as you want. You can as long as, long as you adhere to the 1.2 million limit. So yeah, again, it might be worth stacking up your goals, Lupinos. You could get Goal, Lupino, Steri, and then Tonus, and have those four riders in MXGP and just hope for the best. Or you can lay it all out there and just get Hurlins. Or, or for 75,000, you can have Lapucci, which done very well at the Italian um, Championship or Italian race. I can't, I can't deal with If If you're going to pick Lapucci, I can't deal with you. Well, you could have Lapucci, and then for 50 grand, you could have Caro, who's now picking strawberries. Lapucci was great at Fienza. 
Oh, Bienza he... is very different from. Rob, is that you whistling? Bienza is very different from. Must have been the wind. Kegums. He's now in a different country. It's not his own national championship. The track's going to be a lot rougher. If you're expecting okay, what... Lapucci to bust out some of that magic from Faenza, then um, good okay. luck to you. Uh, why is Tixie only 100,000? What do we have proven to prove otherwise? I thought he had a decent go at the uh, French Championship. We, who knows what we're going to get from Tixia? It's the first GP as, his, as a team manager as well. Who knows? Lioc? That's not a bad shout for 50k. He's got an injured knee. Probably not then. Uh, Bogus, 275. I could go for that. Yeah, not bad. That is, that, if you're going to get a 12-12 from him, which I think is the best you could probably get, 275 is quite a lot. Lieber, 175. Yeah, that's not bad. He hasn't raced the GP since uh, July last year, but for 175, you don't need much. I'll take a 14-15 for 175. Right, MX2? Oh, sorry, you're, out, you're really desperate to talk about MX2, aren't you? Off you go. Uh, I I think um, Usland's not a bad shout at 275. He could go quite well. I'm thinking Ford that... Road, 200, that's not bad. Boirami's only 325. To be honest, I don't like any of these MX2 prices. Yeah, you've, you've probably messed it up, haven't you? There's no real jump off the page ones, which is good because well, that means that you've got Gino, a Geno one two five. I'd probably take Geno at one two five. I would if I had an extra bit of cash lying around, but I wouldn't like make that my first move and then build a team around him. The problem with the MX two prices is everyone seems expensive because there aren't many proven riders in the class. So that means that Having your Lagenfelders at 350 seems expensive, but in reality, he will be top 10. There you go. I think that's not a bad price. Van Moostijk, 350. Yeah, that is the one, I think. Yeah. Based on the fact his Dutch championship uh, results indicate that he should be much more expensive, but the first two GPs did not go well. So I figured we'd keep him low for one week. I, I, would, I would be. I would definitely go for Hurlins and MXGP and Van Moosdijk and MX, MX2 as my two, two main riders. And then fit some others around there. You're only, you're, what if, you, yeah, but if you're doing Genoa and Van Moosdijk, you've only used, you've not even used half of your overall budget. Yeah, but I've, I'm picking, um, and MXGP, I'm going to go with Hurlins. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like confuse everyone. But we've also got manufacturers and teams still. And to be honest, I can't remember what my strategies were before coronavirus. I rem- well, I don't. I couldn't it, even. They tell were them. really good, and then you cocked it all up by overpricing KTM. Yeah, because everyone was doing it. I can't remember. I w- wait, I should be able to see what my team was at uh, Volkenswagen still. So for Volkenswagen, I had Moosdijk, Jonas, Jazakonis, and still had Red Bull KTM. And my team absolutely shit the bed. Mine wasn't great. I've got to be honest. I, I now remember my Vulcan squad being terrible. At the moment, I am 761st overall. I have no idea where I am. 
no idea. Well, it's not hard. You just click on the leaderboard. I'm not, I'm not logged in at the moment. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Jesus. How stupid of me to think <laughs> that you might be logged in. I haven't got my laptop in front of me. It also works on a phone, just in case you're one of the fans who might wonder why we don't have a game that works on phones. Do you know what we need? Nah. That person will set you off now. Yeah, I'm doing terrible. I'm 761st. The thing is, what I did at Vulcansward is I still I went out of my way to make sure that I could still get Red Bull KTM in there. And that might still be a good move. I'm just going to see if I can find out where I am. But I will probably put Red Bull KTM up. Because that is 300,000 for Red Bull KTM is still an amazing price. Right, I'll let you know where I am now. Here we go. What position are you? 761st overall. 761st. My team, Lewis, sucks bad. Uh... Oh, don't worry. It's not like we're waiting or anything. You take your time. It's literally right at the top. Leaderboard. You are currently... 567. Oh, so you're 200 spots ahead of me, basically. Oh, yeah. I don't know what... I feel like I've got to sit down and think about what I did before because I can't remember. The last year's champion, Sparrow MX, is 334th. You say last year's champion. He won it in 2017. Wow, he's still got a medal. <laughs> yeah, you get a, you keep your little plaque oh, just to show well, you're a former champ. Because if, if he wins again... If he wins again... If he wins again, then he'll have two medals two. for him to show he's a two-time winner. Well, he's going to need, he needs, Sparrow, you need to get your ass in gear. So MX75 MTC from Belgium is leading at the moment. I w- 255 okay. points. So this is what I'm doing. Netherlands are crushing it. Yeah, they always do it Bel- this game. I don't know why. Belgium, Belgium first, Netherlands second, Belgium third, Netherlands fourth. UK 5th, UK 6th, UK 7th, Norway 8th, Australia 9th, Spain 10th, Spain 11th, Jersey, Jersey. (laughs) Portugal, Germany, UK, Belgium, Italy, Sweden. That's pretty cool. The in-betweeners of Sweden. Great team name. Brilliant. So, what at the moment I am genuinely interested in... You know what? I might do something I've never done. I have no idea how to play it this weekend, and I have no idea what's going to happen. So I might just go with Hurlins at 600 and then Olsen. Stick with those two, get some points on the board, see what happens. Like Because I don't know what the best thing to do is at the moment. I need to see how it all plays out at one round, and then I'll kind of have a bit more of a kind of feel for it. Right. We need to wrap up. This has been a long old show. Well, it has been because we took a five-hour break after you stormed out. That was... Uh, I can't get you. It's just like, just like my wife. You just can't leave it alone, can you? Well, you stormed just... out. What do you want? Like, you stormed... James stormed out because I knew that Coldenoff had not won a GP in 2018 and apparently that made him angry. I would just like to thank Fly Racing, Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe... Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. Huge thanks to those guys. As we said earlier, we've got Fly Racing on board. 
those guys make it happen. It's great if you can help us out a little bit by supporting the companies that support us. Lewis is off to get a COVID test, and I'm just going to go back to selling uneven strokes. It's been fantastic to have you guys on there. An emotional roller coaster as always. Uh, say bye, Lewis. See ya. What are we doing next week? Well, you're going to MXGP, and I'm staying here. But we're obviously going to stick to just one show, aren't we, next Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to give us uh, a bit of an update from, from Latvia. Or would people like us to move the show to a Monday so that it's just a bit... Because otherwise, if we do it Tuesday night, the next GP's on Wednesday and it's immediately out of date. Okay. Um, maybe you should discuss that with Rob and myself, who are very, very busy. <laughs> but you crack on. <laughs> we forget that the world revolves around you. But... That wasn't revolves around me. I'm talking about MX, how MXGP works. <laughs> if, Sorry, if everyone. Guys... We're going to do a show on Wednesday when there's actually a GP on, so you can listen to us talking about an old race while you're watching the current race. Fun, isn't it? If if you guys would like uh, to to have a, a show out, um, obviously Monday or Tuesday, then um, then give us a show. I think um, I think you've missed what I'm saying. I'm not saying we'll do an extra show. I'm saying we no, might move our show earlier. Yes. Yeah. Also. I was going to ask you this. Might as well ask you on the air. Okay. Do you want to do, seeing as we're not going to be doing a show before each race, actually, good time to say, I will be debuting my little solo show. After, on the night of each race, I will do 30 minutes of me talking about what I saw, what happened, and a bit of a jimmer jam. Should we, do, would you also want to do a one-hour or 30-minute MX Manager podcast between each race? Yeah, I'm up for that. Let's do that. Lot to, lot to discuss, but I will be... I will be um, debuting the solo show Sunday night so when you wake up Monday morning you've got post-race podcast hopefully and you'll definitely have me talking into a mic by myself with no one interrupting me amazing I'll just be arguing with myself non-stop I, I reckon mirror. in this podcast where I'm talking to myself about the race I reckon I will mention you 20 times just by pointing out how I would have chose like, something I, yeah I'll just point out how you would have said something stupid at this point but I can say it because, like... Right. That's it. We're going. He's going. We'll, we'll see you, Lewis, in Latvia. Will you? <laughs> well, we hear from you anyway. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. And um, we'll speak to you next week. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe.
Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show